is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there for free, while those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites we do it free. So enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight here in the studio, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Again, that number, 800-259-9231. We'll start things out here tonight with a story that we mentioned last night. Never got a chance to get to it. Also coming up, uh, we'll talk about a homebrew crackdown and the pensions, those sweet, sweet government pensions, uh, all on the way here uh, tonight. Of course, your calls are primary. If you make them, you can call in about anything. Warsaw, Ohio, the Columbus Dispatch, uh, reporting at dispatch.com. Strip club owner Tommy George rolled up to the church in his grabber orange Dodge Challenger, drinking a Mountain Dew at 9 a.m. in the morning and smoking a cigarette. Classy he guy. Just rolled himself. <laughs> Pastor Bill Dunphy stepped out of a tan Nissan Murano, clutching a Bible in one hand and his sermon in the other, a touch of spray holding his perfectly coiffed dew in place. Inside the New Beginnings Ministries Church, Dunphy's worshippers wore polyester and pearls. Outside, George's strippers wore bikinis and belly rings. <laughs> Both men agree it's classic sinners versus saints. But George says it's up to America to decide which is which and who is who. Dunphy says God has already chosen. Dunphy says to the pastor, Tom George is a parasite, a man without judgment. The word of Jesus Christ says you cannot share territory with the devil. The battle that has heretofore played out in the parking lot of George's strip club, the Foxhole, a run-down garage-like building at a Costacon County crossroads called Newcastle, has shifted seven miles east to Church Street. Every weekend for the last four years, Dunphy and members of his ministry have stood watch over George's joint, taking up residence in the right-of-way with signs, video cameras, and bullhorns in hand. They videotape customers' license plates and post them online. Oh, my. And they try to save the souls of anyone who comes and goes. Well, now the dancers have turned the tables, so to speak, fed up with the tactics of Dunphy and his flocks. Uh, they say they finally accepted his constant invitation to come to church. It's just they've come wearing see-through shorts and toting super soakers. <laughs> <laughs> what are the super soakers for? Uh, I guess to assist with the see-through shorts. To shoot, shoot each other's uh, tops. Other girls. Okay. Yeah. They bring lawn chairs and, yesterday anyway, grilled hamburgers, monster energy drinks, and corn on the cob. They sat in front of the <laughs> church and waved at passing cars, but largely ignored the congregation behind them. Likewise, the churchgoers largely ignored the dancers, except for Stan Braxton. He stopped and held hands with Lola, a 42-year-old dancer who made $200 on her Saturday night shift and prayed for her salvation. Lola, who wouldn't give her last name, says she was grateful for Braxton's prayers and his time. The women don't come here, after all, without their own version of religion. They bring signs with scriptures written in neon colors. Matthew 7.15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Revelations 22.11, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. So these are, I guess, religious strippers that have come to... Uh... Everybody's kind of religious, you know? I mean, we were raised in this culture, and, uh, you know, the, there are verses for anything you want to do. Mm -hmm. So Greg Flagg is the executive director of the Ohio Owners Coalition, a group of show bar and club owners. He called the women's protest extraordinary, saying he's never heard of anything like it in the country. And I have to say, I haven't either. Normally, you hear about the the churches out protesting uh, you know, either a strip club or like a porn store or something like that, 
And you never hear, hear of the reverse. I, I tend to believe that this strip club, club owner has gotten sick of it and that he's paying these girls to be out there. That's what I tend to believe. I don't know about that. I mean, if the girls are losing customers, they're losing money, so they're going to be incented to go out and do something. Indeed. To turn it around. Uh, George said the It's protest- awfully early on a Sunday morning, though. You that's, know? that's true. He says uh, the protest has been a long time coming. He sued the church in federal court several years ago, claiming a violation of his constitutional rights, but he lost. Now he said turnabout is fair I have play. to say the church has the right to be on the right of way and, and sure. uh, you know, preach whatever they're preaching. I, I think that, uh, you know, taking customers' license plate numbers and putting them online, kind of crappy, but uh, I, I, I don't see a problem with that either. George said the protest has been a long time coming. He said turnabout is fair play. When these morons go away, we'll go away, said George. The great thing about this country is that everyone has a right to believe what they want. He said his club operates within the law. Dunphy said it does not, that it must close at midnight instead of its regular 2 or 3 a.m. The prosecutor in the county said Friday only that he, the sheriff, and the city prosecutor are aware of the situation. Gina Hughes spent the morning soaking up the sun in her striped bikini, mostly oblivious to the fire and brimstone being preached in the tidy church building. Uh, building. The 30-year-old married mother of six says she's danced at the foxhole for a decade. and holds Mother the, of six? Yeah. Wow. And holds the title of house mom. That means that even though she still dances, she also watches out for the other six women who work there. She says she makes $2,000 a week. Hughes says, not too shabby. Mm-mm. Hughes says, uh, these church people say horrible things about us. They say we're homewreckers and whores. The fact of the matter is, we're working to keep our own homes together and to give our kids what they need. And really, it's not fair to uh, to categorize all strippers as uh, as though they're just trashy uh, or, or whores or whatever mean and nasty names are being thrown well, at Well, it's them. a nasty, uh, you know, whore is a nasty name for somebody who uh, provides a service that someone else asked for and paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you could say whatever you want about that, but, and I can I can see why some women don't like the idea of their their husband sneaking off, but that's not that's not the, the whore doesn't necessarily know that. The, the, the hooker, the prostitute doesn't necessarily know that they're, the, the guy is married, and uh, I, I don't see why she would care. It's not, it's not the hooker's fault that your husband goes to the hooker. It's mm. you and it's your husband's fault, and you and he need to be uh, working that out. Indeed, uh, wasn't there a story in the Bible about Jesus and a prostitute? Yeah, I think he told her to go and sin no more. Hmm. He he said uh, he is without sin, cast the first stone. The uh, she said uh, the the preacher says it's not that simple. He said he consistently offers the women help and a chance at redemption. I tell them I'll put a roof over your heads and your bills will be paid and your children's bellies will be full, he said, yet they don't come inside. The first few weeks, Dunphy piped the sermon outside, but that agitated them, right. he well, said. A roof over your head is, isn't really much of an offer when a gal's making two grand a week. Yeah. You know, I mean, at this, she's, making more, she's making more than anybody in this room that I can think of. Damn right. <laughs> He said that made them dance in the streets when he piped the sermon outside. He said their presence has united his church members and reinvigorated their mission to shut down the club. They have now See, seen. This is this is real Christian to uh, to to go after somebody's business. Yeah, um, you know, the, in your heels. It, 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 I mean, that if you want to preach to these people and change their lives, that's one thing. It's another thing entirely to shut down somebody's. Try to use the law to shut down somebody's business. I mean, Jesus was a revolutionary who broke the law and was crucified for it. Now you want to use the law in order to go after somebody else. Jesus hung out with thieves and prostitutes. You want to shut them down. Dunphy's, you know, what's it say about your church? Dunphy said, they've now seen the evil firsthand. This has just made us stronger. 
The owner of the strip club, George, laughed at that notion. He said, they're just mad because their wives won't let them come to my club. <laughs> 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Do you think the strip club has, uh, has made the right move here? I mean, they've been protested for four years straight uh, by the members of this church hanging outside of their uh, their property on the, the street in the public area. They've been photographing people's cars, uh, license plates, po- posting them publicly. Did they make the right move here, or should they have just uh, essentially have they have they kind of stirred up the hornet's nest even more, or is it? Do they realize that uh, that this was never going to end, and so why not go ahead and strike back? Uh, do you think that this was the right move? I at, at four years, I can't see what else they could do. Um, and, you know, I maybe what they've done is they'll get the uh, county prosecutor or whatever who has largely ignored their uh, two two hours past uh, curfew, whatever thing that's going on there. Maybe maybe they'll get him all riled up. I don't know, but um, you know, I, I, I see I see nothing wrong with. It. I can't say that strategically. I know one way or the other. I kind of like their uh, schutz, uh, their schutzpah for mm-hmm. it. Uh, that's about it. Schutzpah, schutzpah, whatever. I'm not Jewish. You know, he could have built maybe a fence around his uh, strip club in order to help give the, his clients some privacy. There is a fence around. I've actually seen a photo of the uh, the outside. But they and, have to go through the uh, yeah. across the right of way sure. in order to get through the fence. They're today. just waiting outside of the fence, basically to snap photos. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. Your thoughts are welcome on this, or you can bring up absolutely anything. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site for free, including our webcam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can watch, you can listen, and you can chat because our chat room is built into the very same page. So go get interactive and uh, enjoy the program all free over at cam.freetalklive.com, the webcam brought to you by memorydealers.com. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers out there and up to 99% off of list price. They can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. But if you don't uh, you know, run some <laughs> big computer business that needs optical transceivers, you can also uh, check out their great prices and ser- um, service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. Either way, MemoryDealers.com offer, uh, brings the, the cam at cam.freetalklive.com to you, MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We started the show out uh, with a story from uh, folks over at the Dispatch, Columbus Dispatch, about a strip club owner uh, who has called out his strippers and they've gone out on a Sunday morning to counter-protest the church that has been protesting their strip club for approximately four years straight, I think on a weekly basis. 
for four solid years, uh, photographing their clients' cars and license plates, posting them publicly uh, in order to uh, to shame people into not going to the strip club. And I'm just wondering, if, if somebody out there is religious, what's wrong with strip clubs? What is it? What's... I, I I went to church for for a long time when I was a, a young lad, and I stopped going probably when I was about sixteen. When I became an atheist, I'm no longer an atheist, but uh, I'm just curious. Is is it, I don't recall from the Ten Commandments that there was some sort of prohibition against getting naked. Well, there's uh, a prohibition against lust. Uh, if you've lust. lusted in your heart, it's the same as uh, having li- uh, lain with a woman. Uh, so. There's uh, I, I, lust I was, meaning you want to have sex with a woman. Is that that's, the that sounds right to me? Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, can a woman lust for a man or I would assume. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. So a a woman can lust for a man or cannot can. So it's okay for a woman to lust after a man, but not a A woman can lust. So therefore she would violate the lusting thing, too. Yes. Uh, Okay. Now, I guess you could point out that uh, that a woman stripping in a sexual sexual fashion uh, would possibly create feelings of lust in in a male. I Suppose that's uh, certainly a possibility. I think that's the idea. Yeah, you know, the, from a religious standpoint, I, I get where these people are coming from, but I think they're going about it in the wrong fashion. They are not approaching these people with love. They are not offer, you know, they, they're they're not coming forward the way Jesus would have come forward. They're not acting in a Christ-like fashion. Jesus wouldn't have protested anyone, wouldn't have yelled epithets, wouldn't have uh, tried to, uh, you know, videotape people's uh, license plates. At least that's not the way I see it. Now, did you say the lust thing was a, a commandment? Um, it's uh, or just some passage in the Bible somewhere. It's something that uh, Jesus said. Uh, essentially, that uh, you know, fornication is wrong, and uh, unless Je- you're married, well, then it's not fornication. It's not fornication, right? right. So, um, so you get lust after your wife, right? So he said that essentially, um, you know, you, you're saying you're without sin. Talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the the, uh, the the religious and governmental leaders of his time, he's saying that you think you're so much better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I tell you that if you've thought about hurting someone or killing someone, if you thought about laying with a woman, that you have good as done it. I mean, you have sinned already. Isn't that kind of just a crazy thing? I mean, the idea that this God, right, this all-loving uh, daddy God up there in the, the, the heavens has created these uh, people, us, in his own image and, in theory, has created everything about us, all of the, uh, the, the emotions and the feelings and the, the, the spectrum of the options of the things that we can do and feel and think and that, uh, that you know, if you believe that God is the creator of all this, that, that he must have put all that in place. And so wouldn't that mean that he created lust? Uh, wouldn't that mean that uh, it was God's creation to, uh, you know, to essentially make it so that human beings want to get together and do the old in and out? I, mean, I guess that the, uh, the, you know, the Christian version of that would be that the, God may have created it, but he created it in the form of a, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he told Adam and Eve to not eat of that tree, lest they shall surely die, which they didn't, not until much later, uh, like hundreds of years later. But, um, you know, be that as it may. So when the, the, the serpent, the, uh, you know, the talking snake, the devil mm-hmm. comes along and says, uh, you know, Eve, eat of this tree. Um, and, and she does. She brings sin into the world. It's uh, the same as the Pandora. Um, there's several there are several uh, myths in that that general vicinity where some woman brings uh, destruction into the world by doing something she shouldn't have ought to done. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. 
How yeah. come it's always the women? What's up with that? Well, because they uh, on the, uh, the in the social strata at the time they would uh, they would have been the the ones that were easiest to, uh, the easiest mark. So let me see if I'm following this. So the idea is that God, this all knowing, all powerful uh, thing entity, creates everything, including the devil. Right, because the devil wasn't Correct. created alongside of God. That God is, and then He created everything by their perspective. So, so if God is all seeing and all knowing, then He must have known that uh, that Lucifer would fall from grace, and you know, he would have, yes, He knew that. Go and do all these things, and He yes. must have known that the temptation would be so great. But uh, one for could Eve say to- that um, since, since He, uh, you know, He He has control of all the variables. He's God, right? Like so, in His creation, He, he exists. Throughout time, um, from the beginning to the end, he's the Alpha and the Omega. So he knows the, 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 the start and the outcome. So by his creation of Lucifer, which he knows is going to happen, um, you know, he, he has, is the cause. So you can say that the baseball broke the window, but it's really the guy who threw it that broke the window, right? Sure. So, I mean, if you throw the baseball, knowing the baseball is going to break the window, you broke the window. So, if you create Lucifer, knowing that Lucifer, the uh, the light, as it were, is going to uh, bring sin into the world, then you created sin. Yeah, so he created the circumstances. He created everything. I mean, if you believe this all-knowing, all-seeing God theory, which don't most Christians believe that? Yeah, that would be what I was taught. Uh, you know, if you believe that, that that means that uh, your God created the uh, the devil that you're so afraid of and knew that the temptation would be great enough to tempt his own creations into uh, lusting and doing well, whatever it is they weren't supposed to do. I think all that's fine and dandy, right? Um, so it, I and now that- you're stuck with all these emotions and feelings and things you aren't supposed to be feeling. I think all those things are, are fine in the in the, uh, the 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 sum total of it. If God created this uh, this this test to kind of show that good will triumph over evil and all that stuff, and that's what a Christian would say to you as as you know in the reasoning for do that doing that. The problem with it is taking the your children who who may or may not pass this little test that you've put forward and throwing them into eter- eternal torment. Like it's one thing to have the test. Um, it's another thing to take the people who fail the test and torture them in a in a manner unseen on the planet. If I were to you know put a test upon my son, he would pass or fail. But if in failing, I decided to take a pair of uh, of diagonal cutters, some dikes, and cut his little mm. fingers off because he failed, my punishment would be nothing compared to what God is going to do to your butt if you don't do exactly as the Bible says, according, according to the to Bible. Them. I mean, you know, that's that's the the crazy nonsense that, uh, that it crazy. turned into with Constantine. There wasn't really much talk of hell prior to the, uh, the third century. It's, uh, it's really a creation of, uh, of when the pagans were brought in. Sounds well, all very loving to me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, 800-259-9231. Uh, if you are of the, the religion that we are speaking, you're certainly welcome to comment or bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. Talk 
live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam is here from obscuredtruth.com. Make sure you head over there and enjoy his uh, great video work, liberty-oriented uh, video documentary kind of news package sort of stuff. Head on over and obscuredtruth.com. Our website, freetalklive.com. Features there are free. We've got listening options for you. Live streams, broadband and dial-up versions, webcam, uh, listen lines allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to Free Talk Live around the clock. Go get all the details. Get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Now, HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates and sign up at uh, at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. As we continue, we're going to take your phone calls. Started out the show talking about some an interesting counter-protest as some strippers gathered outside of a church recently on a Sunday morning to uh, protest in bikinis uh, the church, because the church has been protesting the strippers and their strip club for something like four years. And that kind of led into a conversation about uh, the Christian religion or, the I guess, the mainstream Christian religion and what they believe about lust and the idea of hell. And the, um, as, I was, as we were t- discussing that uh, this all-knowing, all-seeing, omnipotent God uh, supposedly – created all of this uh, that uh, that he created this satan character this uh, lucifer character and then that character went down to interact with the eve character and uh, if god is all seeing and all knowing he must have known that she was going to choose uh to eat the quince or the apple or whatever the heck it was that uh, that the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the fruit of the tree and then all of a sudden then there's all these problems that uh, that are created and now it's this test but is it really a test because if god is all omnipotent doesn't he know who's going to choose lust and who's not who's going to violate the ten commandments and who's not doesn't he already know this? So isn't he essentially pre-damning people to a, to a fiery torment? Seems that way to me. I don't know. I would like to know from a Christian listener at 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we go to Paul. Not sure what his religion is. Paul, in California, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, I, I consider myself a Christian, I think. Okay. Uh, so I guess the the first question is, do people have free will? And I think... Most Christians would say that they do. So if you were to ask me, would it have been possible for Eve and Adam to never have eaten the fruit and for everything to be perfect forever, I'd say yes, that that was possible. You know, this is um, this is one of my favorite topics, Paul, is the sort of uh, the the. Um the dichotomy between do 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 people individuals have free will and an omnipotent omniscient god mm. um does god exist outside of time can he look at the beginning and the end of time yeah and i think that's one thing that that's that's one thing that's very difficult for us to wrap our minds about it certainly is and let's not forget that if i don't wrap my mind my mind around it my ass goes to hell and i am tormented forever well, and ever no i don't think that's true at all okay i can't wrap my minor at it that's for sure oh but i just have to believe it with faith if i if, if for whatever reason i can't wrap my mind around it and i choose to reject it because i don't believe it then i go to hell is that right uh, i don't 
don't think uh, I don't think firstly your salvation depends upon whether you believe God is outside of time or not. Or I, I think, but I think theology, it does. I really think it does. Wait a minute, where were you going with your question, Mark, about being outside? See, of time? See, if God is outside of time. That he knows what's going to happen. If, for instance, I've thrown, uh, I throw a baseball and I know that baseballs go straight when I throw them, but I find an oddly shaped baseball that has like a wing on it, and I know that that baseball is going to, uh, if, even if I throw the baseball at the catcher's mitt, it's going to whip off and catch uh, the third baseman in the forehead, um, and I know that's going to happen, but I throw the baseball anyway and I say, hey, that baseball had it just like anybody other baseball, so, um, you know, I've created the baseball. I know what it's going to do. God creates me. And I think, I think me. that's an important distinction, though, because I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that we're created. I think we're created with the ability to choose in a way that. And whether you say that, you know, I can understand that, and that kind of uh, paradox used to bother me a lot when I was younger too. And I, I'm okay with people who say, you know, if this is the way you want to think about it, that God doesn't know the exact thing that you're going to do. He doesn't know every detail of the future. You know, I'm comfortable with that theologically. So then you don't believe that... If you really think about what it means to be outside of time, I would say, think about it this way also, that all of time, all of history to God is an instant. So it's almost like... It's, it's not, Whoa, it's wait, not a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, you're, but, you're putting your perspective in what uh, would feel like to you, perhaps, if you were in that, uh, that position. Yeah. I mean, it's God, right? So God could very easily take that instant and zoom right in and see what Paul is going to do next, uh, because he's omnipotent. So either you believe that God is omnipotent and knows all and sees all, or not. So which one well, is it? Well, I think omnipotence is a, is a, a you know... And omnipotence doesn't mean God can't do X, where X is anything is true. I mean, there's the old... Whoa, whoa, run that by me one more time. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, I'm a little slow. One more time, run that that by. I don't think that omnipotence means the statement God can do X, where X is anything you want to put in there, is true. I don't think that's a statement of what omnipotence Um, means. I think that's exactly what omnipotent means. There's the old statement of, you know, can God make a rock so big that even he can't move it? And obviously, the answer is no. I mean, I would say the answer is no. So you, you can't... You know, there's, there's, if the lo- if the rules of logic as far as time and outside of time go, which my mind is way too feeble to wrap my brain around, but if that prohibits in the laws of free free choice and causality prohibits a certain action, then God can't do that. I mean, that's you can't violate the rules of logic. What? I, 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 I'm of the opinion, yes, I agree you cannot violate the rules of logic. However, I think the Bible does it with the, uh, or, or at least Christianity as it exists 2,000 years later um, uh, after Christ does do that, and it has the expectation that I will uh, allow that to happen in my mind, and the prohibition of uh, me attempting to logic it out, and if I do, the damnation to hell for the, all of eternity, Right. I don't think that logicing it out, like I say, is the basis has any has anything to do with that. But but let me say that I think that if, if people have difficulty handling this, I'm perfectly fine with people saying God doesn't know every detail of the future. I think so that's therefore, good, God is not omnipotent. By your belief system, you do not believe that God is omnipotent. I don't believe you can say. Just ask the question: Can God make a rock so big he can't move it? I mean, that's, it's it's silly, but you know the statement. How about this question? question. How about another question? God is omnipotent. I would say, yes, God is omnipotent, but that doesn't mean... God can do X is always true. How God, about this question? I've got a new question. Can we define omnipotence here? All powerful. Because you're right. Omnipotent, having unlimited or universal power, authority, or force, all powerful. Unlimited power or authority. I mean, yeah. Within, so, the, rules, 
within the rules of logic what and rules? The nature God of creates God. the rules. How yeah. about the how about the rules of morality? I want to move back to the creation story real quick. Um, God sure. puts a bunch of trees into a garden, and one of them he uh, he stacks full of poison that will uh, surely kill you. If I were to take a bunch of little wads of hamburger and, and put them around my kitchen floor, and in one of them I put rat poison, and then I encourage uh, my dog to to eat of all <laughs> the of, of 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 all the hamburger I've made for you, but not this one, and she does. Like, what kind of sick weirdo am I? <laughs> well, I think your your dog probably has a little bit less capability than a person does, I would hope. These people were like also, five days old. Also, <laughs> they also though, the, the capability to choose is fundamental to having a free will, right? If you can absolutely do nothing wrong, like if you, the minute you take a baseball bat to somebody, it turns into uh, a wet noodle, and there's absolutely no way for anybody to harm anybody or do anything, the ability to make real choices that have, have re- real impacts or to really love or to deal with any of these things goes away. You're I agree with that. You're essentially you have no choice. But you don't need you don't need, a, don't need a magic tree that kills you to get there. Um, so I've got, I guess I've got this question here. Here's where it all comes down. Do you believe in a judgment day? Um, well, it probably depends on what you mean by judgment day. Is there going to be a yeah, moment yeah, in time when yeah. judge when God decides whether I go to heaven or hell? Uh, I think there. I think there's a time when, yeah, you're you're, you're, you're you're separation from God. I consider hell to be separation from God, and I think that people choose to be separated from God and evolve away from God, or people choose separation to from God's God. a nice way of saying eternal torment that God designed. Hold on, I, I've got another question. We'll go a, a little bit farther in a moment, and I know Sam's been uh, chomping at the bit here to jump in. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free talk live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. If you like the fact that we give you the features on the site for free, then you can voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations around the country as well as bring more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over to uh, amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up, and you'll learn about the perks you'll get access to, like the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum, and the amp-only commercial-free podcast. Go and get all the details. Get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options available as well. All of it at amp.freetalklive.com. We've got Paul on the line here from California. We are talking about religion, specifically the Christian religion, and the dichotomy, I suppose, the contradiction, contradiction. that, uh, on one hand, the Christian religion uh, types tend to believe that God is supposedly omnipotent, all-seeing, all-powerful. On the other hand, they also claim that you have free will. So how can that be? How, how can we reconcile that? And I know, Sam, you want to take it to another level here. We'll do that in a moment. But Mark, you had a question for Paul, uh, and Paul's back with us here. Yeah, Paul. Um, so I, I asked you if you believed in a, a judgment day where we all sit at the feet of uh, Almighty God, and he decides, you, you go to heaven, 
You, you go to hell. And it's become convenient recently to, uh, to call, uh, hell separation from God. Um, you know, in the Bible, they, they've got passages about a place where the fire isn't quenched and the worm dieth not. Um, well, yeah, but there's a lot of visions of Paul that, have all sorts of things that I think it would be pretty silly to take literally. Okay, whatever, I mean, if, whatever you want to call I mean, um, hell. Uh, my understanding is, is it's eternal torment. Um, but you know, wh- whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, I think, I think, I think it's kind of like I was going to say. You know, it's kind of like uh, actually I thought it was a good analogy. It's kind of like you say I don't like water because you you drink lots of soda and you drink lots of fruit juice and everything like that. But then you know, if, if you actually didn't have any water in the fruit juice or the soda. You know, you it, it wouldn't be so fun anymore. And I think that people don't realize. I think that being completely without God is a very bad place to be. I think but that I, you know. I think the backflips that Christians do in order to believe in this four thousand year old Bronze Age religion is bad. Uh, like I think that it it uh, it it causes uh, it causes them to not move forward in their thinking like they always have to kind of get it around this uh this particular you know religious philosophy now i believe there's a god i think i thought pretty honestly about things and you know i don't agree with everything you know say my parents do or something from a religious perspective i mean i had things that i disagree probably with most christians on and i I, i've thought through things i think you know pretty in i mean pretty uh, clearly on my i mean i'm I'm not just following dogma. Well, um, you know, it may be, not be dogma that was taught to you, but you're still referencing this book, which was put together in the fourth century by some people hired by Constantine, essentially, to come up well, with a cohesive religion. True, I mean, but there, there let me large, let me let me go on before go you ahead, go, uh, before we get into it. Let me go on with the idea of the uh, of Judgment Day. So here I sit at the feet of Almighty God, whom I have searched for. Like you can tell, I've got some religious knowledge, right? I've searched for all of my life, just trying to get my understanding of God. And here I sit at his feet and I say, God, you know, I've rejected your son as my personal savior because I believe that I am a child of God and that I am the only one that can save me. And um, if that's what it takes, if if that's going to cause me to go to hell, I'm going to take it. But before I go, God, I want you to understand that you created the world that I exist in. You you provided me the knowledge that I have in order to uh, make this decision, and now you're going to cast me away. Your child, the child that you loved at one point, you're going to cast me away from you for eternal torment. Now go ahead, Big Daddy. Now, is well, your I, loving I God going to do I, that crap? Firstly, I like. To, I mean, I'd want to unpack more what you mean by you know I, I I'm the only one that can save me and all of that because I think that sometimes people use different words to describe some of the very similar things. But anyway, um, re- regarding the the second part about you know decisions, uh, you know t- take it to take it to somebody not you. Consider somebody who really has you know completely rejected God in every sense. You know Hitler. We'll assume, Hitler. We'll say. Um, and completely made every decision to be evil towards their fellow man in, in every possible way. Um, you know, I don't think that, that that those decisions were purely the result of the environment that they were in. Hitler made his decisions. Wait, Hitler made his decisions because he believed the Jews were bad people. I mean, how many American soldiers have they given a gun and say, "Jesus wants you to shoot the yellow man. Get on out there." I mean, he they they're making their decisions based on race and uh, you know ethnicity and all that other stuff, and they're just doing what they're told. Hitler Hitler was only the product of the times. 
Well, I think there's some evidence. That I think Hitler, Hitler went to heaven. Used some convenient things as convenient tools rather than necessarily really. Politicians do that crap all the time. Are you saying all politicians uh, go to hell? Because I'd love to hear that. Well, I. I, I'm not going to say all politicians go to hell. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, yeah, I think you're responsible for, and I think, yes, the environment you're in, you know, the brain you have, everything affects your ability to make decisions. And so that's why I think you can't look at necessarily purely the outward behavior of somebody and, and know for, you know, for a fact what they're dealing with. I think that when, you know, said too, too much is given, much is expected. And I think if you're, if you're in a really horrible situation, you have, you know, in every way, I think what little you can do with that is, you know, credit, creditable to you, even if the end result doesn't look that great to somebody from a better perspective. Okay, so I've been listening to this whole conversation over the last couple segments. This is Sam. Yeah, and uh, what I'm hearing is you guys argue semantics under a under a paradigm that you admitted in the beginning you don't really understand to begin with. The whole time thing, and if, you know, if... Uh, God is in this fourth dimension where time is a, a single instant. It's not this continuous long thing the way we experience it. Well, the problem with your argument of, well, why would God give everybody free will if he knows what's going to happen? Well, the answer is both things happen. The person chooses right in some instances and the person chooses wrong in some instances. I think what you guys are doing is is getting stuck in the bogged down paradigm that there's only one instance, that there's only one reality that there's only one universe when in fact there's a lot of support that shows that there are all you know an infinite this is a universe of infinite possibilities so you know with the baseball you know splitting universe idea yeah well with the baseball the guy threw it and it broke the window he threw it and it didn't break the window so what's god going to do he's looking at this across all the different universes all the different possibilities and all of them have been selected so he can sit there and focus in on the guy who uh threw the baseball and actually broke the window and oh i'm going to punish you and send you to hell but that's because you know if if he actually did that all he would be doing is going around focusing on the negative what's the real point in that i guess that's that's not really where i'm coming from sam what i'm trying to say is that if there is a god god doesn't send people to hell not even hitler and that the god that the christians have is in fact an angry mountain god from four thousand years ago that's what i'm trying to say and i'm just trying to break that paradigm look i believe there's a god and i believe he loves you i just don't believe that four thousand year old uh, people that saw visions in the desert and crap are the only people that have access to this god i believe god travels around inside of you you, and he communicates with the God inside of other people. Yep. Well, I, yeah, I think a lot of people call that the Holy Spirit. Or I, I would. I mean, I think God does communicate with people, and I do. I also think that, yeah, uh, you know, that they're, they're. I mean, what's the? I was going to say, what's the alternative as far as? Um, uh, you can't. You can't have somebody that complete. You can't have Hitler. Let me. Let's say you were all were to create. Uh, and I were to create a libertarian paradise somewhere in New Hampshire, and everybody that moves there, you know, is willing to uh, by the non-aggression principle. Okay. And, and you say, well, what about Cynthia, or what about you know some someone worse than her? But she's going to be kept out, and that's not nice. Well, if you let if you invite people like that in, 
then it's it's no longer the same place. No, I'm saying? not saying that there's no punishment. Have, wait, 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 wait. And have it still be heaven. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, heaven, heaven gets, uh, the term gets used in lots of different ways. To me, heaven just means what exists after life, if there is such a thing. And I tend to believe that there is. And I tend to believe it's nice. And I tend to believe that we're powerful beings in, in that space. But I don't know that um, we all stand around, uh, you know, strumming harps and giving glory to God. I don't think God needs that. He's God. He doesn't need your glory. He can exist. He's he's fine with his um, with his own glory that he gives himself. So um, I, you know that's not where I'm coming from. What I believe hell is is I believe hell is the actions, the uh, the results, of the cumulative actions that you have in your life. You can have heaven or hell, but they exist right here on earth. Thanks, Paul, for the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at one eight hundred. 259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Hour number two is on the way. You're welcome to comment on uh, the theology uh, theology discussion or bring up absolutely anything. Uh, still to come here tonight, homebrew crackdown. It's happening in Oregon, and uh, Sam has the details. We'll share that with you. And, of course, take your calls about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line launching into the second hour tonight. It's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. Uh, We give them to you because uh, that's the way I think a talk show website should be. So enjoy that uh, over at freetalklive.com. In fact, main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content of the site by submitting uh, show prep suggestions. You're surfing around the Internet. You see something you think our listeners would enjoy. You post it over at freetalklive.com, and then other listeners will vote up or vote down on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote up and down on other people's suggestions. And the most popular suggestions make it to the front page of the website, meaning we're more likely to see them and talk about them. In fact, coming up here uh, tonight, Sam, if we get a chance, will be telling us about a homebrew crackdown, and I believe that came from the front page of freetalklive.com. So uh, we've got that uh, on the back burner for now because we're taking your phone calls about what you want. If you're just tuning in, you missed a, uh, an in-depth conversation about some of the, the contradictions inherent within the Christian, uh, the popular Christian religion out there and, 
and it's it's a conversation that we're having, and, and Mark and myself. Uh, Sam, were you ever a Christian at, at one point in your past? Not really. Uh, no. Mom exposed me to a number of different churches. So we went to a, a Unitarian church one time. Mm-hmm. We went to a Christian church one time, just to sort of, you know, here's what it's like. Did I went, she have a belief system? Uh, no. I mean, now she's a Mormon. She did a lot oh, of, wow. she was spiritual uh, for a long time and not really religious. And that's why I, I think she went to the Unitarian church for a number of years. Sure. But wasn't really brought up in that environment. I think a lot of people search and then they find something that's good for them. Yeah. Um, I think the unfortunate part is when they find that thing that's good for them and then try to jam it down other people's throats and uh, threaten them and well, scare no, the crap out of them. I agree with you, but n- certainly not all Christians. I'm not saying that, your mom did that. Certainly yeah, not all Christians are that way, though. And, and you're not saying that. You know what? Oh, I, 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 it's not, I'm I'm not, but I'm saying that there's a larger propensity in in some of the Judeo-Christian uh, religions, say uh, the Muslims and the Christians, to do this than the Jews. For instance, if you if you talk about the Jews, the the Rabbi will generally have you question your own religion, and uh, you come to your relationship with God through that kind of questioning. Um, yeah, you're not supposed yourself. to do that in the Christian in Christianity. Religion. If you question, you go to hell. You're bad. You're bad. Uh, you're a bad parishioner if you uh, ask too many questions. So we were talking. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in. No, I did go to a uh, like a youth group at the local Christian church one time growing up when I was a kid. <laughs> And uh, they they had everybody in and and everybody put their heads down to to pray or something like that. I forget what we were doing. And uh, the guy's talking for a minute and then he says, okay, is is anyone here not saved? Raise your hand. Oh, God. (laughs) And, uh, you know, everybody's got their eyes closed. Cover your eyes and put your heads down. So I raised my hand up. Nobody, you know, nobody sees. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. And uh, I could hear him just like, oh, oh, we got one. You know, they didn't say that, but that was like the mood in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, then I put my hand back down. He talks for another minute. And he says, now, is it, does anybody want to be saved tonight? And I left my hand down. <laughs> and they waited. And then they're like, um, well, okay, uh, if you change your mind and you want to be saved sometime, then all you have to do is come talk to us. And uh, it was just like such a letdown. But I, I mean, I didn't really even know that much about the religion to begin with. And here they are telling me, oh, th- this is what you need. How does that benefit? Well, I could totally get that. Um, I mean, if you if you believe the Christian religion as it's presented, then you believe that the people that um, uh, that 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 aren't saved are going to be tormented terribly their whole, uh, for the rest of eternity. So what you've got to do whatever it takes at that point it's it's very important to save this person. Yeah. You would try if somebody was going to if some dumb uh, moron was going to walk into a blast furnace, you would do your very best to help that person. Uh, you you would uh, you'd be desperate to help them. And I understand the desperation um you know in in those scenarios. I just uh, I I also went to a uh, Baptist school, private school for a year, <laughs> and uh, you weren't saved after that. No, gosh, no. And they put you in the big bathtub. No, they didn't put me in the big bathtub. No. I, I played on the baseball team, so that kind of helped me get along a little bit. But the the people there, I, I mean, part of it was because I was coming in. You know, this is uh, like eleventh, twelfth grade, high school years. Uh, I come in in the middle of this. Most of these kids have been going there their their whole lives, so they all know each other. It's sort of this inside click. But I was never made to feel like such an outsider than than in that Baptist school where I they're think that- all about community and I yeah. think many Christians will self critique on this particular issue that they'll yeah. say that uh, that uh, you know unfortunately many churches especially established churches are exclusionary they don't try to be but they're just the way, you know the they create their own cultures and if you don't fit 
you know, particularly into that culture, uh, exactly into that culture, then you're going to have some problems. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Talk to Tom listening to WSVG in Mount Jackson, Virginia. Hello, Tom. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, nothing. I'm just interested in the topic today. I'm a Christian myself hmm. for 10 years now, and I was just interested in some of the, uh, the uh, just the angles and the uh, thoughts that were going into the conversation. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just pointing out, I'd like to point out the, uh, it seems like the thing you're missing the most about when you're talking about Christianity is you're missing the point about who Jesus is. Who's he? Who is he? He claimed to be the son of God. At some point, some points he claimed to be the son of man. Um, you know, he, he claimed several different things. You, you can see why people might get confused. Yeah. Well, the son of man is, is a title and the Hebrews knew what that meant. Okay. And, I, you know, wait a minute. A title. I'm not Hebrew. I know, but the Hebrews would have known. Is it nice, is it nice of God time. to confuse people like that? It, would, it wouldn't have been confusing to the Hebrews. But to, I'm to not Hebrew. But you see, God's all-knowing, and he knows that there's going to come along in 2010 some guy who's going to be in his 40s who's going to know a little bit about the Bible, and that you know, maybe this whole son of man thing might confuse him. Well, that's just it. That's why we have the whole Bible, which was given by the Hebrews. So when you read it, you would understand that that title is in reference to him as the Son of God. But wait, wait, wait. You talk about reading it. The original Bible written in Hebrew, my understanding is the, the old ancient Hebrew language. Oh, now we're getting into to some, to some murky have, water. <laughs> well, it didn't have punctuation. It didn't have verbs. They don't know who translated it from Hebrew to uh, Greek. That person's dead and gone, and, and who knows. It's been changed over the years by kings and queens when... Uh, you know, membership was down or funds were down at the church. They they added in the ten percent tithing part. This is it's like how can oh, you believe? No, this? Agreed, no. but it's it's a it's dangerous area for a bunch of goys to be discussing ancient history Hebrew. and your biblical history and how it's preserved is totally is just is ridiculous. Okay, because we they know who translated it from Hebrew to Greek. They did it with the with the Septuagint, which was seventy people, and they all. If any one of them was wrong, they would toss it out. So how do you get 70 people to actually agree in the translation is, is, is this impossible. What, is this your understanding, Mark, of uh, how things... Uh, th- there were certainly some translations that, that went on in that area. I guess my question to that would be, what about all the different versions of the Bible? I mean... The different versions of the Bible, are, like you say, somebody will read it and they'll write their own... Their own... Um, what they okay. think that passage might mean, but that's not really a translation, is it? Well, okay, so tell me this. That's, Why is, that's an interpretation. It seems it's to an me interpretation, then... interpretation, which is different than a translation. A translation is, okay, this word means this in Hebrew. What does it mean in English? It doesn't really go that well. I mean, <laughs> languages are different, but I, I, I get where you're coming from. Sometimes there aren't words yeah. in one language to describe and, a word in another As language. I understand, Jews were very good about keeping their uh, their laws and their, uh, you know, their, their books uh, very well up to that yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. it seems to me that this, this God that you guys are talking about is really a quitter. I mean, he, he came along, he inspired all of these people to write all of these works, and then he just stopped for the last 2,000 years. Where the hell has he been? Why did he stop inspiring works in people? Why isn't he sharing his message with us today? Because that- it, it, when you read the last book of the Bible, Revelation, John said, this is it. 
that don't add or take away from it. This is the complete work. No, no, he didn't that, say that because you see, he was writing his own book. You see that they took they took a bunch of different books. There are all kinds of books that were left out. There wasn't. It's not like John added the last chapter of the Bible. John wrote a book, and then somebody uh, compiled that with sixty other books, and then they called that a Bible. Hey, Tom, uh, what was it that you were before ten years ago? Before ten years ago? Yeah, you said you were a Christian. I was just doing whatever I wanted to do, living my own life any way I felt. I was doing whatever I felt like doing. Hmm, I'm curious as to what your story is. If you don't mind, hang on. We'll bring you back. Uh, how did you become a Christian? 1-800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there, including news updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go get signed up. It's all free over at news.freetalklive.com. You can sign up for our email updates, follow our Twitter or Facebook and it's all, again, for you over at news.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers that want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done. It works for plaintiffs and defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and it's so easy, the average eighth grader can go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. Get it at Jurisdictionary.com. I've taken it. Sam? Yep. I'm taking it, too, and uh, it's a great course. Yeah, we were talking about that today at lunch. The discussion has uh, centered around theology here so, uh, so far tonight. Of course, you're welcome to call in and bring up whatever you want. We've got Tom on the line listening to WSVG in Mount Jackson, Virginia, and Tom, you were telling us uh, a few moments ago that uh, that you have been a Christian for 10 years of your life, and just made me curious, because uh, you don't sound like you're 20 years old, uh, how old are you, and uh, what got you into uh, the religion? I'm 47 now, mm-hmm. and uh, I just went and checked a few churches out in the community, and, uh, you know, some of them, you know, just didn't seem friendly, or, or you know, I just didn't feel comfortable there. So I just went to one church, and it seemed like a, a good place to go, and uh, just to check it out, really. What kind to, of churches uh, did you check out? I'm just curious. Was it all Christian churches? Did you check um, out other sorts? Uh, yeah, they were all pretty much Protestant, you mm-hmm. know, so I checked out a couple. And uh, What and, was uh, it that made you believe that uh, the Protestant churches, and the one in particular that you ended up choosing, was the correct message of uh, the God that you believe in? Well, my well, at that time, I wasn't even sure if I believed in a God, but mm-hmm. but uh, I guess, you know, I was brought up to believe in a God. My mom, my mom and dad yeah. were Christians. I see. Were they Protestants? Yes. Okay. So you went to this church. You felt good. You felt bad at some of the other churches. You figure, okay, well, these people are nice enough. Mom and dad were Protestants, so this is where I'm going to go ahead and settle myself in. Did you ever, okay. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. Did, did, did it ever cross your mind that uh, maybe you were making a mistake? 
that uh, there are another few hundred or thousand different religions out there that uh, you could have chosen. What made you so sure that this was the one? I mean, if you're wrong, doesn't that mean you're going to go to hell? I'm not quite following you. I guess, you know, the the reason I felt like Christianity was the right one just because of who Christ is and what he said he was and what he did. I'm a little confused about that. Well, I was a little confused about your question, too. Um, I guess the question is, is with the uh, thousands of religions out there, and there there are a bunch of them, some of them have gotten old and, and nobody in their right mind believes them, like the uh, the Norse gods of thunder and and uh, the you know the Indian gods where they believe that the turtle, the world existed on the back of a turtle. I think we've I think we've disproven that one. Uh, Zeus and, and uh, Jupiter and and all these. These gods have basically gone into the wayside. But, you know, what if, in fact, it was the temple of Athena that you had to worship at to, in order to go to heaven? And, and um, you know, whoops, we missed it. Well, yeah, I guess you could just say that. I just I didn't happen to go to the temple of, of Athena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? do, you think um, God, do you think God will save everybody, the Muslims, the, the Jews, the, the Christians, anybody who goes to church? Because I go to a Quaker I meeting every God Sunday. Save, I think God will save anybody. He calls out to him, just like like he said, through Jesus Christ. I mean, I believe in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And he says it doesn't matter who it is. It's, he says he's going to call all people to himself, every tongue and every nation. So, it so if you don't believe, you're so you're one of the Christians who you believe that if you don't follow this uh, this belief or subscribe to this belief that Jesus Christ is the uh, the Savior and you have to follow him and all that, that you'll go and uh, burn in hell. Yeah, I do believe that. So you believe that the billions of people around the world who don't follow the Christian religion are all doomed to a fiery torment? I do believe that. Doesn't yeah, that seem you know, crazy? There, there are Christians, though, that, that, that don't believe that, right? Like, there's a lot of people out there that don't believe that. And, and, and in fact, they believe that that was added by essentially pagans that adopted the um, Christian religion later and uh, have adulterated the well, Word of God or whatever. I don't know where you're getting that from, because if it's in Scripture— how could it be added later if it was written in the first century? Um, I, you know, I, the there Testament, are people that say know. that the, those books of the Bible weren't, in fact, even written in the first century. Um, some of them, some of the claims is the Gospels weren't written until the second century. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's really difficult to say. And there have been a, a, there are a myriad of Gospels. It's not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, there's the Gospels of Judah, the Gospels of Mary, the Gospel of Jesus. There, well, there are lots I mean, of these things. You know, that's that's what the, it's pretty much. I think those who say that it was written in the second century are not really looking at what the uh, the early writers of the New Testament were writing about and who they were talking about in their letters. And it's they, it all goes into the first century because otherwise, you know, I don't really want to talk about a, I don't really time. want to discuss a history lesson here. I want to talk about the idea well, that that's this what you were using as an argument. Well, it was Mark. That was, Mark was bringing that up. Look, what I want to talk about is the idea that billions of people will burn in an entire in a fiery torment. That is your belief system. That is what you just stated a few moments ago. And I have to ask: yeah. Is your God an all loving God? Yes, he is. How does that? How do you juxtapose that belief system? How do you uh, justify in your mind that on one hand you believe that God, your God, is all loving, but on the other hand that he would uh, he would torment not just one person as though that wouldn't be bad enough, but billions of people for all eternity in fire and brimstone? How do you juxtapose that and justify it? Because he's a just God, and he said, all those that have disobeyed 
will end up there. If he was just, why did you get to be a Protest- get to to be born into a Protestant family, but other people didn't? I mean, is, is would a just God make you Protestant and a friend of mine Jewish? And another friend of mine, Islamic? I mean, that doesn't sound very just. That sounds like you had a big head start in that race because you got to believe the religion that you were uh, raised up in. And the vast majority, 99 point something percent of people, glom onto the religion that they were given when they were raised up. Well, man, if I could explain it, I would, but I can't just because <laughs> you I have It's because you're wrong. <laughs> right. People because... don't. You're God. You're, either, either your God doesn't send people to hell or you're mistaken, yeah, I right. guess is you what I'm trying ex- to say. You can't explain it, Tom, because it's inherently contradictory, and, and therefore, it's, it's like Mark said, it's incorrect. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it's hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Now, I think it's... I'm sorry. I think it's wrong to tear down somebody's belief system and not give them something. And here's what I want to give you. Your God isn't sending people to hell. Your God's bigger than having to do that. Your your God is more loving than having to do that. The actions that you, you, if you make bad actions here on earth, don't worry. Bad things will happen to you. Right. It's like saying that you'll uh, live in hell here on earth. It's like saying that uh, daddy beats you because he loves you. Come on. There's no love there. That's not how you show love to somebody. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll take a beating over having to go to hell for eternity. Right, I mean, please slap me in the face with a belt buckle, Daddy. Daddy, give slap me in the face with a belt buckle again. I'll take it me. ten times rather than going to hell for eternity. Because sure. I don't believe this dumb crap, and that's but all. But don't tell me that, that you love me if, as you're beating me with the belt buckle. That's nonsense. It's not the actions of somebody that that loves another person. Right. I, you know, I got no problems with the rest of the religion. Believe whatever you want to believe. But it's that sending people to hell stuff that really, really destroys, uh, you know, it damages people. Your call's coming up. 800-259-9231. I know those, those ideas have poisoned me. Uh, you can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features for free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see it for yourself, and if you're a lady listener, you can get involved. The details are there at shrine.freetalklive.com. So I finished a novel today. Um, a it's, it's called Progress, a novel, and we've been advertising it on the show, and I wanted to make sure that um, I got a chance to read it so that I could tell my listeners what it was uh, was like. And I can tell you that, you know, it, basically it's touching on the idea of a libertarian campaign and a, you know, successful uh, run and what that might be like. I captured some of the elation that I had during the uh, the Ron Paul campaign by reading it, I felt that uh, by, when I finished the book, I uh, you know the first thought I had when I finished the book is I've got to read this book again, 
it is concise in a way that helps uh, people who believe in the ideas of liberty communicate it far better. Uh, the, who, who, the, the editors on this book were stellar. Um, I have never heard the ideas of liberty edited um, you know, down to, and, and so convincing um, as they are written in this book. It's called Progress, a novel. I've got to recommend you read it. It's not a big investment in either time or money because it's not a terribly thick book. It's called Progress, a novel. You can go to get it at Amazon. Uh, search Charles Stample um, or Progress a Novel, or you can get the uh, the the first chapter sent to you at from Progress a Novel at Gmail dot com. That's Progress a Novel at Gmail dot com. All right, we're going to continue taking your phone calls here. Uh, religion, the subject, uh, specifically the Christian religion, uh, the subject on the table at the moment. And uh, let's go right into the calls. Goad is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Goad. Hello, Ian, Mark, and Sam. Hello. Is this God? Is this Goad or God? Actually, it is pronounced God. 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 All right. What's okay. on your mind tonight, God? Well, it seems like uh, many of your callers are quite confused tonight, and I figured it would be a perfect time to call in and clear some things up. Boy, about, it is about time. You're about 4,000 years too late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Never, better late than never, though, I suppose, Goad. Or God. Well, you shouldn't listen to all the oh, nonsense God. in the Bible. Uh, this is mostly written by man, and it is deceiving. Uh, what you should do is be good people towards your fellow man, and you will be able to come and be with me in heaven. Now, wait a minute. What about the strippers? What, what about that? Because that's what really started this whole conversation an hour and a half ago, was the story about the strippers uh, protesting the, uh, the church is can you be a good person and be a stripper or be a good person and go to a strip club I sent those strippers to for you to enjoy you should not show these women they are my gift for you hey god would you answer my <laughs> just question just look don't touch them <laughs> sure sam what what have you a uh, question about well wait you don't know <laughs> what the hell you're not That's god actually a lie i have no foreknowledge of what your actions or questions should be to me, but what is your question? Oh, I didn't really have one. I, I was, just wanted just to see if you'd you. know. So, so you're the telling answer us, is actually 45. I thought it was 42. <laughs> now, now, God, uh, now, uh, are, what are your... Are you oh. saying there that that you don't that this whole free um, free will thing is the real deal? That you don't act, you're not actually omnipotent? No, this is this is much a lie. I actually prescribe to the idea of love and peace. There, there is no devil. This was put into the Bible and such books to scare people to believe what the statist would like them to believe. Hmm. Is God an anarchist? I most certainly don't prescribe to any one belief, but yes, governments are di- most certainly evil. I would <laughs> not condone such activities. Now, where, why the? Uh, what's the point of the evil, uh, God? I mean, why? Uh, why even bother with that? Why not just have a little happy world where everything is just a okay all the time? What, what's the point of that? Well, actually, I'm quite a scientist, and sometimes science experiments go wrong. If you get my drift. Uh, I did not create this evil. I mixed a few things together and uh, threw this world together. In seven days, you can't get everything right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 
He did his best. I mean, pretty good. It's it's an amazing universe. Yeah, that was a good one to punch out on. Thank you, God. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, I answer would have been if if there weren't evil, how would you know what good was? It's the uh, dichotomy, the the, uh, the contrast, if you will. If there wasn't darkness, how would you know light and the vice versa and so on and so forth? Uh, 800-259-9231. Continuing with your thoughts, let's talk to Dave in Montana. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Sammy, you shall not test your God, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> not allowed to do that, huh? <laughs> no. Hey, uh, everybody got it wrong. Jesus was against religion. Matter of fact, he disliked religion. He didn't want a religion made after him. The only thing he told us to do to remember him was to sit down, share share a meal, and talk about how to love one another and about why what happened to him happened. That's all he wanted us to do. And if we sat down and talked about how to love one another and take care of one another, we'd have a wonderful world. I would agree with that. I so love it when Dave calls in and talks like this. So brief, so uh, so well-spoken, <laughs> that's, Dave. That's how simple it is, man. That's how simple Jesus is. But man took him and used him to do their dirty work. And, and, and it, it, it just makes me enraged. My <laughs> blood boils when I think about it. But that's the only thing he ever wanted us to do, man, was sit down make a good meal for one another and talk about how we love how we could love one another thanks Dave always always appreciate hearing from you let's continue and talk to Randy listening in Ohio to WCER hello Randy hey thanks for taking my call hey Randy you're in Canton what's on your mind tonight well I just wanted to you know add or subtract from this debate about (laughs) Christianity (laughs) Um, first of all I, I think it's important to point out that every major religion has their formula for doing what's right uh, and or getting punishment if you don't. So Christianity's not alone in that. Christianity's re, uh, formula just happens to be faith in Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, uh, you know, the things that the Bible talks about, which the Koran talks about, what the Muslims have to do, which pretty much is wipe out anybody that doesn't believe in oh, Islam. Oh, please. Please. And, uh, well, that's, that's in the Quran. That's, that's a bunch of nonsense. It, it, well, I own a Quran. I've read it. You need to read it. I mean, you need to really read it, and you need to see what it mm-hmm. says. Because we've had Muslims on this show before, and, and I've they, read parts of the Quran, just like I've read. Uh, I've, I've read the entire Bible, and I can tell you that you know, if we start looking at these Bronze Age people, uh, you know, that that that, God, that we call God's people, we can see them acting in a fashion that is extraordinarily unChristlike. Oh, the the Bible is a very violent book. There's yes, no yes doubt it about is. It. Read the book of Kings. It's like a king got got took over as a dictator. He was slaughtered. All his people were slaughtered. Another tribe took over. I you think kind of like what we see in kind of like what we see in the world today when you think about it in a lot of areas. So, you know, Randy, let Africa, me just make sure I'm I'm understanding you here. Your allegation is that all of the Muslims out there that believe their religion is peaceful. There are a lot of them. Uh, because, well, look, most of them are peaceful people, and there are billions of them out there. But, uh, but, uh, and we've talked to many of them on this program. But of all those people out there that believe the Muslim religion, you're saying essentially that uh, they've just got it wrong, that their religion is all about mass murder and, uh, and killing people that don't accept their ideas. No, I'm not saying that at all. What are you I'm simply saying? saying that I'm saying that their book contains verses that state that people that do not believe in Allah should be put to death. 
just like the Christian book states the Bible, which I happen to be a Christian as well, but the Bible does state that certain people that don't follow the formula of accepting Christ as their Savior, you know, will have the consequences. And I I would just subject that to the fact that you know, every civilized society that's ever been on the face of the planet has had laws and rules, and uh, if you don't follow that, you know, you pay the penalty. You call it. that stuff so- civilized? Yeah, I wouldn't just call slaughtering it people? That's not civilized. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give to you. Now, if you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, just shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a percentage of the profits. In fact, uh, 7 to 8%, depending on the volume that we do each month. So thank you in advance uh, for getting your shopping done over at amazon.freetalklive.com. You get the stuff you want delivered to your door in dozens of categories, great prices, free super saver shipping available on a whole lot of brand new items and even used items. Amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're going to continue here taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Going first to, uh, let's talk to, I believe we've got Michael in Texas. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yes, hello. Hey, you're on the air. Hi. Before I get to my main point, I just want to say thanks for putting on the article on your website about the valedictorian. That was great. I probably didn't put that on the website. Probably on freetalklive.com. It was likely, yeah, it was likely one of our listeners that did that. Uh, I will occasionally submit something, but it's very occasional. It's really our listeners that create all the content there. So thank you to whomever it is that put that article on there. The valedict- Is this the speech that the valedictorian made about how school was, uh, is awful? Well, I wouldn't characterize it that way. That's not exactly what she said, but yes, you're remembering the right one. Okay, yeah, I honestly haven't even read it yet, but it is. Uh, it was in my show prep uh, here tonight. Uh, go she, ahead. With she, she just begrudges the fact that it's sort of a training to take tests as opposed to experiencing life and that mm. kind of thing. Um, Indeed. It, it's a, a little bit fruity, but... Um, the, the point, it's very well written, and her point is very well made. Well, the last time, I, I, don't know about, I don't know about you, but the last time I took a test was in school. You know? Well, when's the last time you took a test? That doesn't happen well, in real life for the most the, part. In the working world, sometimes to get, you know, licenses, and I know how you probably feel about that. <laughs> From the government, right. You need to take <laughs> tests very frequently. So, From uh, the government, yep. What else were you calling about tonight? I wanted to bring up the pirate radio station that you were talking about yesterday. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if you talked earlier today about it, but I, I just tuned in about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, Radio Free um, Austin down in Austin, Texas. Right, and, and just to clarify, there's actually two things going on. One is the radio station, um, and and there's someone who manages that who also owns a radio network, and that's the person they sort of highlighted in the article. She owns uh, or owns with partners, I'm not sure, Rule of Law Radio. And Rule of Law Radio is basically just a a way to, I guess, empower people to look at the statutes and hold public officials accountable 
for, you know, sticking with the statutes that were passed. Um, and, you know, so are you are you there in the Austin area? Have you heard the, the radio station? Yeah, I listen to it very frequently, um, you know, a couple nights a week. And, and certainly her show, this Rule of Law radio, uh, is one of the shows on the Rule of Law radio network. Mm-hmm. So We're actually going to have her on. Her name is Deborah, and uh, we're going to have her on the program this uh, coming Saturday night, barring unforeseen circumstances. Uh, she will be on the program, and uh, we'll talk about her story and and she made a few corrections to me as I wrote her the email inviting her to come on. She doesn't call it pirate radio. It's micro-broadcasting uh, to, to her. And I think that yeah, that kind of makes a, makes a good point. She points out that she's not stealing anything. She's not you know, ripping off content uh, without permission, that kind of thing. So she's not pirating in that, uh, in that fashion. And, uh, th- and I think you know, the words are important. I, although when I think of pirates, I think of those fun swashbuckling uh, you know, Johnny Depp types, right? You know, the, everybody people. loves pirates. Steal stuff. Um, yeah, but they're fun in the movies. Right? You it's like the term pirate, pirate radio, and it is misused. Pirates are yeah. people that commit larceny on yeah. the open seas. <laughs> it's true. And right. I'm, th- I'm and, thinking and I should... Article, hmm. And the article was very, in my opinion, very deceptive. It sort of came across as presenting the radio station as, like you said, pirate and doing things sort of behind the scenes or illegally. And it was kind of a, a hit piece because it talked or it focused on sort of a conspiracy bent or even a, um, you know, I'm a coast-to-coast AM fan, but it, it, it's not even, like, it came across like it was talking about space aliens or just wacko stuff. Well, and there are some it, conspiracy shows on I there, I didn't right? notice that from the article. Well, I, it, I mean, it's got, like, Alex Jones on there, uh-huh. or, or the 90.1 does, and, you know, whether or not you want to call him conspiracy or not, I mean, it doesn't really get more extreme than him, it it really doesn't have anything that whacked out, mm-hmm. um, at least in my opinion. But but the main point I wanted to make too is um, the lawsuit. From my understanding, is basically just trying to use the FCC's rules or the rules that they're governed by against them. Essentially, saying that we're not a high power station, we're serving the public interest. Therefore, your own rules say that we don't need a license. And they're even trying to stay away from the real issue, which is that interstate broadcast of radio is not simply not under federal jurisdiction. It's an intrastate; it's not crossing state boundaries. Yeah, it's interesting. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that claim before, and I wonder how this is going to. It's going to be interesting to see how this uh, pans out, with because the FCC is trying to shut them down. Uh, they went well, after well, my, the... my my point is Deborah from or Miss Stevens Deborah Stevens from my understanding is not sort of using that constitutional argument because she's you know she may be aware enough that those types of arguments are often dismissed so from my understanding they're trying to use you know the actual rules that are in place that are being ignored by the FCC folks um, so. I don't know how well that's going to go because there are a lot of people that claim that's the case about the tax system. They'll uh, they'll point to the tax code and they'll say, "See, see, it says right here that you're not a taxpayer or that you you're, this is voluntary." And the judges don't really care about that. I right, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. We'll have more, uh, you know, with uh, with Deborah. She's actually going to come on the show as I said Saturday night uh, to start things out, and we can ask her these sorts of questions and what her experience has been like. As far as I'm concerned, any approach that isn't cowing or bowing down to the man is one that i support because usually when it comes to these micro broadcasters if the government people come after them and they threaten them that's it they pack up they they close up shop and they're done 
In her case, uh, the you were right, Mark. The the article did point out last night that uh, when I was looking at it cl- closer later on, that the property owner that the transmitter was on did indeed uh, they moved it off of that property after mm-hmm. they threatened him. But it's it's somewhere else now. So yeah. they've just you know they've just moved the the location, and this has been going on for a decade now. This radio station has been on the air for a decade. So yeah, I don't incredible. know if they can actually go after um, you know a uh, a radio station that has moved where it is broadcasting. Because how do you define that? I have a I can transmit on ninety point one. They can transmit on ninety point one. Uh, we could transmit the same uh, uh, you know information. So or you know the same programming so how do they go after these people i just i don't i don't know i mean once the locations change the stations changed yeah it's just just threats and intimidation that's how they go after people and and they know that most people are going to roll over but what happens when people stop rolling over that's what we're going to find out saturday when we talk to deborah uh, on the program here, 800-259-9231. Let's continue with, uh, yes, Mark? I just want to make a comment about what we've been talking about all evening and uh, sort of the, you know, faith and the idea that uh, we, you know, the, the gentleman, the last call we had, you know, was basically the idea that you, you've got to have hell, otherwise the world wouldn't be uh, civilized. Look, all religions have some kind of punishment, as if hell and punishment are the same things. But um I think that there's there's this aspect to Christianity that people don't look at, that, that they don't even realize is out there. Uh, Christianity downplays wisdom and knowing things. Uh, here's a proverb saying, seest, uh, seest a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope for a fool than him. And there's all kinds of things saying that, you know, wise men are going to hell because they're dumb. And they don't believe they don't believe the crap that we uh, try to spoon feed them. So um, that's dangerous. When I was taught all this stuff, I you know came up at a Christian uh, school, went to Christian, obviously a church, uh, taught Sunday school for a period of time, and at some point, you know, I just couldn't take the stories of the of Noah's the Ark and the Balaam the talking and his talking ass and uh, you know the Tower of Babel and all these other stories that to me just sound like myths that uh, somebody decided well we're going to believe these myths, and I decided to reject it all out of hand. Rather than somebody coming up with a, uh, a religion um, that you know made more sense to me or just the idea of morality for morality's sake, that being good uh, will result in good things for you, so you should be good and here's how you be good. Um, rather than doing something like that, they 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 had to couch it in all these terms of you know Samson got his hair cut and you know they they got it, all these stories that I had that I had to believe in order to believe the religion. The and ludicrous I, stories, right? The ludicrous stories. I felt they were ludicrous. And what happened to me as a result is I decided I don't believe any of that crap at all anymore, and I became an atheist at about seventeen years old. It didn't take me very long at all before I got involved with a very, very bad element um, in my local town. I spent nine years in prison for murder because, in my opinion, this is this is my opinion coming from the guy who spent the time. It's because somebody, you know, they they kept jamming that stupid religion down my throat that I just couldn't believe. You just rejected all of the. the I just, you know, all the good stuff that's in Christianity got rejected because of all the silliness that they wrapped it uh, wrapped it around. All right, there's more coming up here. Hour number three is next. Your calls as well about anything. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. 
You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. Take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. We'll tell you about a homebrew crackdown here. If we get a chance, of course, we'll take your calls as the primary element here. That's the point of the show tonight. Joining you, as usual, it is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam is joining us. Uh, special from ObscuredTruth.com. Make sure you visit him there and uh, watch some of his videos. Watch them all if you get the chance. Uh, we'll continue here with your phone calls and jumping right into Kiesel in Georgia. Kiesel, you're on Free Talk Live. Kiesel? All right. Hey. Hey, you're on the air. All right. So uh, freedom of religion, is that something we should try to maintain? And if not, how are we going to get rid of it? Why would you, not, why would you want it? to get rid of freedom of religion? Well, freedom of religion, I mean, every religion believes they're the right religion, right? So that their God is going to eventually enforce that there is going, only going to be one religion. Well, not every religion believes that. I mean, I'm a, a Quaker, and right. I don't know if... I'm, I'm a Quaker. I don't believe that uh, every religion's wrong, and mine's the only right one. I, I would say that there's certainly some of them that do, though. A number of them, sure. All right, so how about, uh, let's see, narrowing religion down, then? I don't understand. What are you getting at? How are you going to accomplish that? No, I'm, I'm asking you, it doesn't need to be accomplished. No, of and course not. I, no, religion is, uh, freedom of religion is freedom of thought. And uh, I certainly don't want to, uh, you know, limit what people uh, think. They should be I able think to... That, I think that, however, I can get on the radio and say, hey, your religion where you believe that the world is traveling around on the back of a giant turtle is stupid. And that... You know, that, that I apply pressure free. to people in that manner. Sure. Well, they mean, peer pressure, that's fine. Uh, but people should be free uh, to believe whatever silly nonsense they want. And when I when I first heard the question, you said, should there be freedom of religion? Well, I think, how do, how do people get freedom of religion? I mean, it almost sounds like you're talking about it in the context of something that government is there, is going to be there to actually protect, when in fact they're taking away our freedom in, in, to begin with in order to provide that so-called protection. So... What do you think? What I'm saying, freedom of religion is, I mean, it's dividing, it's a division between the human population. That's so what government does. Yeah. Our, oh, yeah, definitely. I, I agree. But religion still, it's a division, and it's uh, stunning our growth, stunning our potential. Um, you know, it's a claim, right? And um, you know, what's if, if you're if you're making that claim, then you have a goal. And what's that goal? And um, you know, should other people who don't have that goal have to uh, abide by it? No, I I think that freedom of religion comes from the inside, and so therefore uh, that's a right. And to suggest that you uh, you know somehow limit it is bad. Do I think that religion is on the whole good or bad? I think that I'm not even willing to make that stand. I think that. Uh, 
you'll you'll find that Western culture based uh, largely um, on you know Judeo Christian values, and I think there's some really great aspects to that. So no, oh, yeah, I'm not even I'm not even willing to say that the world would be a better place without religion. I do think that we're moving to towards um, a, you know a society where religion is e- is either something they don't believe or where it is much more flexible where they you know it's not so rigid and they don't want to hurt people over it i think that's important okay so that's that's essentially uh narrowing it down because i i see the same thing where people are just trying to throw away the religion or not taking it seriously only going by name well and i also think that uh you know over the over time government has always tried to has seen religion as this way to control people absolutely and and tell them how to think and oh you if you want to if you don't want to go to hell and burn for eternity then you have to live this way you'll do what caesar says and so government sees that as oh wow man look at look at what they're able to you know do to their their flock there if we could only control them and there's evidence that they have here recently with the the federal government going out and talking to uh the priests and stuff telling them you know if the government comes to you and says give up your guns, then you should just do that and, and mind the government and pipe down with all your criticism and all that. Right? Yeah, exactly. The, it's the clergy response teams and the five hundred one c three. So, government I think has shaped and influenced the way that religion has developed and evolved over time, and I think that's had a really sort of detrimental effect on exactly what you're you're pointing out that the religions are very divisive, and I don't know that it would be that way in absence of the state. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting speculation. I don't know either. I think that uh, organized, I'll make the statement that I think that the world probably would be better off uh, without organized religion. But in order to get rid of organized religion, you have to have paradigm shifts amongst the people that are involved yep. in them. So it would be a natural outgrowth of people moving beyond the idea of organized religion. We're just not going to be able to wave a magic wand tomorrow uh, and say, poof. Now we don't have it anymore. Uh, so the, I mean, the the whole idea that we should get rid of religion. Well, I, no, uh, see, I see. Dis- I disagree. I think you're going to need organizations that um, that that foster certain sort of moral activities, and that's what religions have done up to this point. That's their role. And you know, I I agree. You don't need to threaten somebody with that. But the I say the largest amount of giving and taking care of people that that need it in society are done by religious organizations. Maybe, but on the other hand, there's cheering on wars and things like that some of them yeah but you're just taking an aspect of it i said i'm not willing to make a stand and i'm not um and that's all i'm saying i'm not saying religion's good or bad i'm not willing to to make that stand i'm not saying religion is good or bad i'm saying that organized religion in general has been used to control people and to and to milk them for cash yep and to uh, to get them to be obedient. Organized to one... religion is also the single biggest caretaker uh, of poor people and, that and, mean and that, down, downtrodden but, but in this country. But that doesn't mean that people wouldn't be taken care of in the absence of these organized uh, religions no, I, I, uh, that under, we know uh, of today. That doesn't mean that there wouldn't be people that were cheering on war. I mean, you're just you're just taking aspects and, and you know saying religion organized religion's bad. It's certainly not for me, but I think it's good for some people. Kiesel. Oh, I think we lost him. 800-259-9231. Go to Corby in Texas. Corby, you're on Free Talk Live. I think I think Dave is secretly Tommy Chong. <laughs> People have made that uh, uh, that accusation, that and uh, Sly Stallone. Uh, more, more Tommy Chong, I don't know, I guess. It's real deep. I love his voice, so he could be any kind of announcer he wanted to. But. I think it would be a good question for the Free Talk Live BBS. You could create a poll and put those two possibilities as the answers and see... Which one comes out ahead? I have a question. Yes. Can you can you say the word balls on the radio? You just did. 
But I, I wouldn't say them in. Uh, I wouldn't use them in a, a sentence. Pounder, pander too much. With, yeah, I wouldn't. With the word brass. Before, yeah, I think you could say be, that. Sure, sure. I, I, I just, think WikiLeaks has brass balls, and I think they should be commended for. They have one advantage being out of the country that they can do things anybody else here would get arrested for. Absolutely, think, and they're actually being crit- uh, criticized by all kinds of people now. They're saying that, well, uh, the, on the other side, you've got the government people that obviously don't like them, and now there's news that's uh, come out. I saw it on the Drudge Report earlier today that certain victims' rights groups are now upset at WikiLeaks because they're publishing names of Afghanis, and they're worried that that could result in some kind of reprisals against those folks. And, sure. And so, hey, information, man, it's a double-edged sword, Yeah, right? you know, shine, you got to shine light on these things, otherwise people don't know. What, what these people are, are arguing for are secrets. And, right, exactly. you know, I paid for this stuff, and I deserve to know. Well said, yeah, Corby. Sure. Anything else you want to share? That's it. Well, one last one pirate joke. Just so why couldn't the pirate go to the rated R movie? Never. I just blew it. Never mind. I'll do the joke. It has something to do with R. <laughs> Thanks, Corby. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can bring up you know, anything. We found out on the Sunday show that one of the things WikiLeaks did, because you know, you've got this oppressive military government that can uh, murder people from the sky at the press of a button, is uh, in this big file that they released, there's one file in there that's just massive. I, I think it was like a gigabyte or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's titled, it's called uh, insurance.aes256. So what that is, that's an encryption algorithm. The highest one that's out there, I believe, right now takes 40 years with uh, the current supercomputers to, to maybe crack. crack. And uh, so he's put something in this gigabyte. Nobody knows how much it is. It could just be a bunch of junk with a little bit of uh, extra, you know, uh, things that haven't been released. And so that's apparently his insurance policy that he's he's sent the keys out to this uh, to this insurance file to several friends so that if anything happens to him. They get published. Is this that information gets unlocked, and then uh, you know everybody gets to hear who put the insurance in there? Julian, Julian, whatever. yeah, the, okay. uh, the WikiLeaks guy. He okay, put I this it was in Bradley and... Manning. I feel so bad for that Bradley Manning character, twenty-something oh, yeah. years old, uh, and just you know th- thought he was doing the right thing. Felt like he the was. U.S. government was doing something terrible, and he's facing fifty years in prison. A good deed goes unpunished. More coming up here at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Free talk live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy all the features on the site. They are completely free. So, again, head on over, freetalklive.com. The uh, site actually allows you, the listener, to influence the stuff that we will talk about on this show. 
by going and submitting show prep suggestions. You find something online that you think is pretty cool, you think our listeners will enjoy it, you submit it through the show prep submission uh, link there at freetalklive.com. It shows up in the upcoming stories queue. Listeners will see those, vote on them, whether they like or dislike, and the most liked make it to the front page and the top of our website, meaning we're more likely to see them and talk about them on the air. So head over and uh, help us create the content for our website. Really appreciate everybody that does at freetalklive.com. John Shaw and Osborne from Think Twice Productions team up once again with the mighty Stefan Molyneux to present a brand new epic video, The Sunset of the State. See it now at thinktwicenews.com. It's thinktwicenews.com, and they are not lying. It is an epic, epic video. Absolutely. I really like that one. In fact, I liked it so much I put it up on the the brand new person's page over at freekeen.com. So if you're new, you click that, and I think it's a pretty good uh, eye-opener. All right, we continue with your phone calls about what you want to the amp lines where Ty is on the line in Tennessee. Hello, Ty. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Oh, hey, Ty. What's on your mind? Hey, I'm, uh, there's been a few guys uh, call in the last few days asking for some book recommendations. Yeah, sure. And... Uh, I wanted to put in a plug for a book that I've recently found that I, I think is fantastic. Uh, it's written by the editor of uh, Laissez-Faire Books, uh, Jim Powell, and it's called The Triumph of Liberty. Have you guys heard of that one? I have not. I hadn't, no. Is this a newer book? Um, I don't know when the copyright date is. I'd have to look real quick, but it's uh, it's a very thick book, and it, and it covers... It says 2,000 years. It's basically a history. Like, I'd never heard of John Lilburn until I uh, started reading this book. Uh, he was one of the original, you know, the levelers um, around the time of the English Civil War. Uh, but it's it's got little, it's like many biographies of, of some of Liberty's uh, most noted people. And it's just, it's excellent. It's outstanding. That sounds like something I'd really enjoy. Thank you for the, uh, the recommendation. Give, uh, give it once again called the triumph of liberty by jim powell okay very good sir also uh, are you guys familiar with jeff riggenbach sounds familiar not sure from Mises. he's got a real good voice he does uh uh he reads the book on the audiobook version on audible.com i have a subscription there my job i i do a lot of driving around and rather than listen to a bunch of crap on the radio that uh I often listen to good audio books. And I, that's, that's a good idea because you're not going to get any smarter listening to Rush Limbaugh, that's for sure. Oh, that's a fact. And I, I first got this as an audio book, and I was so impressed with it. I said, man, i got to get a hard copy. So I bought a hard copy as well. But Jeff Riggenbach reads it, and uh, he's got a podcast that's real good, too. The guy's got a great voice, and he's, he's, a, he's a libertarian himself. And he's got a great podcast called The, the uh, Libertarian Tradition over on uh, Mises.org. That's also a good one to get. Uh, and he covers a lot of the people that are in here and, and kind of plugs the book as well. Great. Thanks for the suggestions. Anything else on your mind? Oh, yeah. I, have, I wanted to ask uh, Sam, uh, is it intentional that ObscuredTruth.com redirects to YouTube, to the YouTube channel? It is. Uh, right now, you know, I had a uh, website set up for Obscure Truth when I very first started, and Ian actually recommended a couple years ago that I just forward it to my YouTube channel until I actually do something with it. Uh, I was actually thinking about, the, you know, setting up a, a proper WordPress uh, template and, and getting all that organized and getting that going here soon. Um, so, yeah, for now, that's that's the way it sits. You just got so much on okay. your hands. Yeah. Editing. To make sure 
I use Open DNS, and I thought I may have had some settings wrong or something. No, no, there's nothing there yet, but uh, at some point it, it will turn into a real website. Okay, there you go. Uh, there you just go, a couple of other quick plugs. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, Market for Liberty. Uh, Ian Voices, uh, a free audio book available at freekeen.com. Uh, another great one, a uh, great audio book and a great uh, hard hard copy book. And Dr. Mary Ruwart's uh Healing our world. We need to make that into a uh, an audio book one of these days. I don't. I remember I re- reached out to her about that at, at one point. She sounded kind of interested, but I think she had to check with somebody and or her lawyer or something like that. And, okay. And it never. Uh, she never okay. got back to me. But yeah, I haven't actually read that one, but I've I've expressed an interest before in in turning that into an audio book. I, I think it would make a good one from as highly as you speak of it. You've never you've never read Healing Our World. I've read, Incredible. I've read parts of it. Yeah, yeah. Parts, I've got twenty I've never, of them. Out I there. know, and uh, I had it coming in jail, but then I got out before I got ah, the chance to read it, and gotcha. I hardly read books when I'm out. Yeah, well, that is one of the nice <laughs> things about jail is you do get plenty of time to to catch up. Take on a cruise. Reading. <laughs> you can, then you have uh, to pay real, for it. So, uh, a couple more, real quick. Uh, just about anything by Murray Rothbard with Liberty in the title, uh, for a new Liberty and uh, the Ethics of Liberty. Very conceived in Liberty too. Um, I'm reading, his, uh, you know, his conceived in Liberty, and it's it's incredible. Oh, okay, I haven't read that one. Ty, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Um, why would you want to read books on a cruise? There's all kinds of other things to do when you're out on a cruise. People do it. You gotta have downtime sitting on the deck. I, I suppose so. Sure. Time. What kind of sure. things do you think you're missing on this cruise? But by reading, I've, well, I don't. I haven't gone on a cruise as an adult, but I went on one with, as a child and uh, what maybe a early teen, and there was plenty of things to keep me busy. I can tell you that. So anyway, that's one of the things they do on cruises. They come up with things for you to do, rather so you don't have to sit around reading books. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Nico is on the line in Illinois. Nico, you're on Free Talk Live with the Insane and Mark. Um, I wanted to comment on WikiLeaks, and um, first of all, I really do support WikiLeaks and what they do. Um, I think that hiding information from people is wrong, um, especially when your money is taken from you forcefully to hide information from you. The only problem I have with WikiLeaks, and I mean, it's not really a problem that I get angry at him for. It's just I don't know how it should be handled is that some of the information is still useful in the military. And, um, I mean, if I were a troop and some of the information was going to get me killed because um, enemies can use it to figure out what our plans are, I mean, I wouldn't be in support of that. Maybe so, you shouldn't be killing people. Well, I guess yeah. the decision... Yeah, I, I, I don't support the military, and I don't support all these crazy um, foreign affairs that we're involved in or the United States government is involved mm-hmm. in. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't know what we're going to do to stop it. And I, I, for one, I couldn't divulge information like that knowing that I'm putting people's lives in risk. I just couldn't do it. Well, I could what, get what if divulging that information ends the war five years early and saves 100,000 innocent civilians from being murdered by the United States military? How would it do that? Uh, Pentagon Papers? I mean, you ever heard of those? Yeah. They'd stop the Vietnam War. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they're they're what put the brakes on it. And it was the the fact is these documents do show how so many civilians are being killed. And, uh, you know, it's being hidden from us. Uh, You know, I'm not saying I support 
troops getting, uh, you know, being put in uh, a larger amount of danger over it. But these troops make that decision every single day as to whether or not they want to go out. They could actually choose not to go fight. That's right. They'd have to go to the brig if they they um, wanted to. It'd be to, courageous. It beats catching a bullet, right? I think that'd be the, one of the most courageous things they could do is to say the hell with this. What the heck? What was I thinking? I'm not going to fight this war anymore. Thank you, Nico, for the call. 800-259-9231. Plenty of time for your calls here. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything still to come. The homebrew crackdown. We'll tell you about it coming up. 800-259-9231. You thought making homebrew was legal? Well, if you live in Oregon, you may have to think again. We'll give you the details. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line joining you tonight. It's Ian and Sam and Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is where you want to go. We've got a lot of features there and we give them to you. So enjoy, including our archives going back all the way to 2006, all free. Uh, the last week are on the front page of the site and you click into the archive section. And uh, again, all the way back to 2006, all free for you, brought to you by hostgator.freetalklive.com. And by the way, uh, we are broadcasting this program from beautiful New Hampshire, but none of us lived here several years ago. We all made the move as part of the Free State Project in order to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetimes. And if that sounds like something that uh, maybe is um, a good idea, maybe getting together with other people that believe like you do, if you at least believe in freedom getting together with another 20,000 say 19,999 other people that have similar belief systems as you wouldn't that be powerful wouldn't that mean that change was inevitable wouldn't that mean that there were some really exciting things on the horizon well i can tell you it does because uh, we see those things on the horizon we see some exciting things happening here now and we know that the more people come here to new hampshire and get active for freedom the more exciting things will get and uh, the statists, by the way, understand that something is coming too, and they're very—they're not so excited about it. They're—they're they're very upset. The people that are uh, part of the status quo, the people that uh, support the the government aggression, they are not so happy that the Free State Project has chosen New Hampshire, the live free or die state, uh, and they are well bemoaning it every chance they get. And so come on up here, join the fun, go to freestateproject.org, learn more about this incredible movement, full of just the best activists I've ever come across. Uh, it's such an honor to be here amongst uh, amongst them and, and to be able to work with them and to be inspired by them because many of the things that I have done here uh, as far as civil disobedience, for instance, I was inspired by others who came before me. Uh, when I stood in front of the police car in, in Keene, New Hampshire a few weeks ago, I did that because another activist did it first. Uh, so, and then when I moved here to Keene, New Hampshire, I moved here because the, the, there were some earlier movers than, than got here before I did. Uh, and, and we moved almost four years ago now, Mark. So it's, uh, it's people that are just so, so inspirational, uh, that have, uh, that have come up here at this early stage in the game. There are over 10,000 people that have signed up for the Free State Project and we want to get to 20,000. So you can help us do that at freestateproject.org. It really is an incredible movement. So, Sam, tell me about the crackdown on homebrewing. All right. Well, uh, this is from USA Today. State law kill buzz of homebrews. 
when the 2002, when the 2010 Oregon State Fair opens August 27th, there won't be any amateur beer brewers com- uh, a- amateur beer brewers competition for the first time in 22 years. Whoa! An overlooked 80 year old statute that says Oregon home brewed beer can't leave the home has forced uh, fair organizers to cancel the competition which had 335 entrants last year says oregon oh my gosh. liquor control commission spokeswoman christy scott uh, well it was it was okay until we found these words on this piece of paper over here and now you can't do it anymore it's, it'd be anarchy I mean, it wasn't okay, but we made a mistake. It was actually all wrong the entire time we were doing it. Every one of those 22 years, it was just wrong because the these words on paper said it was wrong. Written by a bunch of guys who've been dead a very long time. Written in 1930, right? I mean, 80 years ago. Prohibition. Yeah. Would have been right in the heart of Prohibition. <laughs> yep. Brewers were reminded of the statute after the Oregon Department of Injustice clarified the law for a pub seeking to serve homebrew at an event, Scott says. As long as this is the law... We have to enforce it. Oh, we've heard that one before, haven't we? You know, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that I like the idea of police officers enforcing uh, laws that are written on the books mindlessly. Um, I just wish they would because yeah. it's it's when they, um, you know, they uh, they sort of bend the rules and it gets it's murky. I mean, what else should these guys be enforced to do? You know, be, be asked to do. It's just that. The, uh, how about actually stopping real crime? That'd be great. That's what yeah. should be the law then. Right. No, I understand. I, I can't imagine why anybody would want to advocate that they enforce these laws mindlessly. I think that uh, how what I'm actually advocating is, is that a pressure to get rid of stupid laws and that and, and a mindset in society that laws are dangerous and that they hurt people and that to, uh, you know, that to, to give a, a police officer power to uh, actually interpret the law is to give them the power to ignore their friends and uh, their superiors and their cohorts when they disobey the law. Right, but they have that power. They have, they have the, the power to... as a human, however, not as it's not what their job is. It is their job. They have in their job title here at the Keene Police Department, I've read their statement of ethics. They need a ethics. new job description. I've read their statement of ethics, and it says they will enforce the laws with discretion right there in the very they statement. They shouldn't d- enforce the laws with discretion. The laws should be so clear and so well written that um, you know this this kind of nonsense. I, I think that, yes, these cops should, should, should walk in lockstep and enforce these okay, things, but and then a... politicians, and then people... We'll get the politicians finally to um, undo this. And then after it's done over and yeah. over and over again, people will say, you know, we're sick and tired of these nuts passing all these laws. I can't agree with that. That's like the argument that you need to make more tyranny in order to get to liberty. And I'm sorry, I, I just can't I can't get behind that idea. And these uh, these uh, the cops having discretion as part of their job description is an admission of how crappy the government system agreed. is. Agreed. Absolutely yep. agreed. Because they know that these legislators are going to come up with crap can laws and that uh, the, the idea ideal way if you've got legislators coming up with stupid nonsense that if you've got intelligent police who can look at that and say the heck is this that's unconstitutional or that violates people's rights no we're not going to enforce that we're just going to stick with this stuff that makes sense like no arson and no murder and no uh you know assault i'd love to see it but i I just don't see any evidence the cops are going to use their discretion properly yeah and instead what we get today is they have all of these laws on the books and then they're not enforced on everybody but anytime they need to target somebody they don't like they They go whip it right out so if they oh there's one look at that you know so if they feel like for whatever reason they they want to shut down the uh the old uh homebrew section of the county fair and just ruin some people's fun let's go do that Amateur brewers in several states are encountering laws that limit how they can share their recipes. 
Uh, Michigan law says homemade beer can travel, but not to bars where clubs often meet. I mean, if you think about it, you're in a home brewing beer club. Where do you, where are you going to hold your meeting? Oh, how about let's let's go to the ballet uh, dance center and we'll hold our meeting there. Wow. Um, so let's see. So clubs can you can take in Michigan? You could take your beer out of your house, uh, but you can't take it to a bar. And in in Oregon, you can't even take it out of your house. Is what they're saying, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so it says here, uh, Frey of Saline, Michigan, says that licensed bars that host such meetings for now can no longer host them. We realize we put our hosts at risk, he said. Uh, Frey says state rep so-and-so, uh, both Democrats proposed a change that would have made uh, tastings and competitions in bars legal. It died in committee this year after the Liquor Commission expressed opposition. Wow, isn't it interesting that uh, not only do the marijuana legalization uh, co- proponents have a difficult time with even getting medical marijuana passed, but still, 80 years after uh, prohibition, still getting a liquor uh, role, you know, some sort of absurd law like this uh, that prohibits people from having the freedom to homebrew and take it out of their house. or take The Liquor it, Commission can't I mean, get behind that. We're, right. we're literally talking about taking some plant matter, throwing it in a container with some water, and mm-hmm. letting it sit for a little while. That's what we're talking about, yeah. And, and then it becomes illegal to start moving that around. And, and the, the idea that, that they can't get enough traction, these guys in the, the Michigan Congress tried to do something about it, but, oh, the liquor commissioner wouldn't get behind it, so no one would be convinced of this. Not and, this year. Right, because when those bureaucrats go in, whether it's the police chiefs or the liquor commission or whoever it is that's in charge of these yep. enforcement agencies, when they go in and they talk about how, well, we can't just let children have access to cannabis, you know, or whatever scare stories. Right. They're going to grow breasts. The males will grow breasts. Uh, you know, all you this bring a sca- hundred microbrewers out there to the state capitol. They drive for hours matter. and hours to get there. They take off from work to yep. do it, and they get out there and they say, hey, all we want to do is bring some beer to a bar and taste yep. it around with our friends and show who's the better brewer. And then right. you have one uh, jackball bureaucrat that comes out. He's getting paid. He's got a, he's got a state-funded car. He comes out and says, oh, we can't do this. It'll be bad. There'll be people running around with beer everywhere. Is there more coming up here, Sam? Uh, that's the most of it. All right. Yeah. More coming up here with your thoughts at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, which is why I think that non-cooperation and civil disobedience is such an important component. If those hundred homebrewers showed up at the state house with a bottle of their homebrew, I think that would be a little bit more uh, powerful. More coming up. Take control, and they could open them a- You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Talk Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there totally free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We reinvest it into the program 
we get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board. You know, it's funny, uh, some of the critics, we're talking about these angry statists uh, up here in the the Keene area of New Hampshire that are very, very upset at the idea that people would be so brazen as to actually stand up for liberty, uh, to laugh at the aggressors, to laugh at the government people, to not take them seriously, etc., etc., and the the bemoaning and griping uh, never... Uh, never, uh, never diminishes. It never stops. And one of the things that uh, they had said, uh, t- one of their anonymous commenters was suggesting that, yo, Ian's got uh, on his website donation areas. You know, he's just making money off of this. Isn't this all just so all these uh, disobedience, all this stuff, just so Ian can make money? Yes, that's it's it's absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. And uh, <laughs> why would you say that's ludicrous? Because you're not in it for the money. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been with this guy for a decade now. Uh, you know, in some manner or another, we've worked together for a decade. And you're just not a guy who's in it in it for the money. You're in it because you are a true believer. You would give up, uh, you know. With the fact is, you know, Free Talk Live could probably be something bigger, um, as as far as uh, you know, owned by some syndication company, and they'd get us all kinds of big radio stations and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. If you were in it for the money. We could be in New York City right now. If I were in it for the money, uh, I probably would have more money <laughs> to my name, <laughs> but I don't. My bank accounts had about the same amount of money in it as long as I can remember because pretty much what I get in, I put back out. Whether I put it back out into the show to make the show more popular and thereby spread the ideas of freedom or to uh, put it back into the movement like uh, buying a printer, a color printer or whatever for the local activists and uh, buying banners and things like that, just reinvesting uh, into the movement. And, of course, the idea that it's it's wrong for me to somehow uh, profit, because clearly I am making a living, right? I mean, I'm, I'm putting my extra money back into the show, but something's paying for my food, <laughs> obviously. Something is paying the electricity bill. So clearly I'm making enough to, to live. Uh, but the uh, you know, the the whole concept these that- people are making more than a living uh, you know off of us. I mean, look at the pensions these government people have. Oh, right, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know they're in it for the talk about in it for the money. I mean, these people's mm-hmm. values are shaped around their their the largesse that they managed to not the largesse, but the uh, the extortion that they managed to get off of the rest of us. They are tightening the belt, though, Mark. I mean, federal wages have been going up for the last nine years. Next <laughs> year, the plan is to only give them a three and a half percent raise. So, <laughs> yeah, hard times, dude. Yep. And instead of just being able to work twenty years and getting out of it and going and have a picture, we're going to make them work. Well, twenty years is fine. I I personally hope that more activists can find a way to profit from their activism. I think that's really the ideal situation because I, this show, so you understand, was a labor of love for a many many years for me. Absolutely, I mean, it was something that uh, that I poured time and yeah, let, money into. Let me uh, paint a picture for people. <laughs> Free Talk Live uh, essentially essentially made only mitigable money until two thousand and six. Uh, until 2007, uh, December of 2006, it made something, but not much. So 2007, and and most of that um, at that point, even all through 2007, really went to me, not to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've really worked on Free Talk Live. You didn't get paid from 2002 when we came on on air to, of any substantial amount until 2008. So yeah. 
That's Pretty that's the true. reality of it. Uh, that's you know, Ian stayed at home, had no job from two thousand and four. Had no, a job. No job. <laughs> well, I mean, he had had no job that he was being compensated for, and uh, and made telephone calls for Free Talk Live to to program directors for years and years without compensation. I still don't get compensated directly to make the phone calls. Not for the phone calls. I, but mean, I don't know. If you broke down all the hours I spend doing stuff, what, it, what I would get paid, I'm not sure. Really. Oh, it's, it's, it's still bad. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I don't know if you things. broke the, uh, the Kmart uh, threshold that you used to be under there yet. <laughs> Probably have broken the Kmart threshold. But, uh, you know, I don't think about those things. I just think about, well, you know, am I making enough to survive? And then whatever's over top yeah. of that, I have a little bit. I have, you know, I make enough to survive. And then I have a little bit of savings in case of emergency things happening, like, you know, a lightning bolt striking through the roof or something. You know, I've got the little rainy day fund. And then beyond that, anything that goes over a certain level, I start asking myself, how can I best uh, reinvest this back into the movement? What can I do uh, to, to put this back in? And of course, doing that, I understand, is going to uh, bring about liberty sooner rather than later. And of course, that means more profits for everybody. And uh, it's not about money for me. It's about getting the ideas of freedom out there. And of course, uh, doing an entertaining radio show uh, to, to do that. And, to and get those it's ideas the, the out. people that make these uh, suggestions understand that the way that they are made, motivated, the, way, the reason that they are involved in whatever they're involved in is for money. Is for money. So they just can't figure out why it is that you would care so much. I mean, obviously the government's wrong and it screws up all the time, but why would anyone care so passionately about it? Well, you know, people care passionately about the things they care about. And, uh, you know, everybody's into something that they, they're not getting compensated for. So, anyway, uh, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com, and your three bucks a month will be taken reinvested into the program. Was that an amp pro- promo? It was a lengthy amp wow. promo, okay. yeah. I didn't realize it. I, it just, I thought we were just talking on that topic. <laughs> well, I just wanted to go off on these people that uh, were suggesting that somehow I'm a bad man because I'm profiting from my activism. Please. Hmm. I think that it would be ideal. I mean, Sam, uh, I don't know where you're at in uh, in that process. It takes time. I'm probably you know? in, yeah, those first few years that you yeah. experienced. I mean, we, I do some things that certainly uh, make money, but it's nowhere near where I was. Yeah. It doesn't you cover know, anything. It, it's right. going to take time. And at the same time, you know, I'm I'm an engineer. I, I knew all about computers and, and designing systems that cover networks that span the globe. I don't know all that much about film and and framing and directing and cameras and lighting and all of the stuff that goes into producing uh, quality video. So I've been learning that over the last two years and and basically just sort of figuring it out as I go. I was lucky enough to where I had the money to buy the equipment rather than having to go to a film school and Mm -hmm. sit through all their classes and use their equipment so then you can go work in the industry. I just started doing it. Yeah, same with me. I had some savings and I was able to to invest in myself and invest in uh, my business. And and then it took a long time to to pay that investment back. It's not paid back. You're not even close to getting paid back, I wouldn't think. What? Um, the, 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 the studio, the cost of the studio. Well, I'm just saying that, that and and what what you gave up as, oh, as far, far as hours and time. No, yeah. there's I don't. Yeah, you're nowhere near that. I mean, you I don't would, think about that as the investment. I think about. I mean, it, certainly it is an investment. Of it's time, absolutely an investment. I, I think about it on a dollars and cents kind Shoot, of basis. At this point, I'm not making 
I'm making more than anybody of Free Talk Live, it's and true. I'm I not making well. um, what I made as a um, you know if I you know my family unit made when we were in Sarasota, Florida. We mm-hmm. still haven't gotten up to that point, and it's fine with me. That's okay. I've got a simpler lifestyle up here, and and I'm I'm happy, and and things are going well. I have the expectation that Free Talk Live is going to grow, and we're going to make more money. You've got a but, convertible again, yeah. <laughs> 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 right the uh, the ninety the ninety three Dodge Shadow caught fire, so I bought right. a ninety one Dodge Shadow. <laughs> Convertible, baby. Brilliant. But I, I kept the, uh, the. It smells a little musty in there. Yeah, what can I tell you? The, it, 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 the, 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 the windows the crack. Doesn't, doesn't it, fit quite right. right. When so. it rains, you, it, it kind of comes in, and that usually. If you have the top to down, smell. you know, it, 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 the, the, the wind blows out the musty smell. Does the wheel, like, pop when you turn a corner like the old one? No, that one did have a clunking noise when you yeah. turned. This one, however. We are living large here. <laughs> I tell you. Living large. <laughs> Big ballers. I just love to, to be able to say my, you know, my 1991 Dodge Shadow with, uh, you know, uh, with yep. peeling red paint, I is I always enjoyed too? saying that. Yeah, the, oh yeah. yeah. This, I don't think there's too many shadows out there with original paint <laughs> that isn't peeling. <laughs> so yeah. So thank you to everybody that has gotten behind the program because it's listeners like you that really made this possible. When the AMP program started up in 2005, listeners started to get behind it, and it's grown uh, pretty consistently since then. There have been a few dips as uh, people have had tough times. They've had to drop out. Some people drop out, and then they come back a year or two later. You never know uh, what people's situations are going to be. And in, in, in three dollars a month it makes a difference for us it's the price of a you know a cup of coffee in in many places uh but yet when a bunch of people send us that three bucks a month it adds up and we take that and we do reinvest it into the program we get on more radio stations around the country and therefore can uh can entertain people and bring them the ideas of freedom at the same time because if they don't want to listen then they're not going to you know they're not going to get the uh, the concepts and it seems to be working out so again thanks to listeners like you you get access to perks the amp only call in lines the uh, the Ampley Forum, the Ampley Podcasts, head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. If they're not entertained, they're at least outraged. How could these guys get on the radio and talk yeah. about these things? Right, like the Christian conversation we had earlier tonight. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, you threw me under the bus with that one. You you ran out of things to say on the uh, on the strippers, and you're like, oh, let's just go after Christianity. I got nothing better to talk about here. I'm just out of stuff to say on on uh, strippers. So we'll hey, you're, jump you're very you. good when it comes to the Bible stuff. So oh, God, we are wait. out of time. Don't forget to join Sam over at his website, obscuredtruth.com. You can watch his uh, excellent liberty-oriented uh, videos, and he's for hire, by the way. I will see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and today I have with me a, an esteemed writer from uh, Mises.org. It's uh, Gerard Casey. Gerard, are you there? Yes, I'm right here, Mark. Very good. Now, I've got you all the way from Ireland, is that correct? That's correct, right from Dublin. <laughs> Excellent. So it's, it's not every day that uh, somebody who believes in the ideas of liberty comes from across the pond, as it were. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, or may, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm completely off base. <laughs> but, there's, a, there's a small group of us. <laughs> uh, 
of many. So you rep, you, uh, you recognize it as being a smaller group than say the. Rep- oh, indeed, yeah, yeah. Okay. We can hold our meetings in the telephone box. <laughs> <laughs> and do. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, um, I, I would say the libertarian party meetings here in the United States aren't much bigger, but uh, <laughs> I think that the ideas of of liberty and and self ownership are growing here in the United States with the uh, with the Ron Paul campaigns in two thousand and seven and two thousand and eight. Yeah, that's my understanding too. Yeah. So you had an interesting article um, that I thought was uh, was worth doing an interview on. It's called the indefensibility of political representation, and it's uh, it's available at uh, Mises dot org. It, it's it's a little on uh, the old side. It's aging, um, March the thirtieth, two thousand and nine. But I think that <laughs> I think it's worth reading. I enjoyed it thoroughly when I read it. And um, can you encapsulate it for people? And and we'll go from there. Yeah, well, the, the reason I wrote it was that I, I discovered when I'm talking to people about um, matters of liberty and government, the, one of the things that they generally would say is that, well, the government, rep, you know, the, our politicians represent us. And I say, well, they don't represent me. And they say, no, no, they, they do represent us. And so I found this notion of representation being, in effect, the sort of last line of defense of the people who want to advocate a state. Yes. Right? So I thought I'd take a look at the notion of representation. And so, I mean, if you look back historically at various historical modes of government, you know, king and and aristocracy and so on, clearly you have a situation there where it's them against us. It's a small group or one person against the others. And very often the, the position is achieved by violence or, you know, whatever it might be, coercion. But People say, well, that might have been the situation in the past, but now we have we have a democratic situation and we elect people and they represent us. So what's your problem? So I thought I'd better look at this notion of representation. And it struck me that when you start poking at the notion of representation, it turns out to be very nebulous. It tends to actually sort of disappear under pressure. Um, so... Um, what I did was I, I started, if you look at the notion of, okay, let's take some ordinary examples of representation. Say, okay. you're, say you're, you have a law, uh, you're going to law, you're going to court. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your lawyer, your, your attorney represents you. Okay? Yeah, that's that the theory. Well, it means, I beg your pardon? That's the theory. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. He may or may not, but he's supposed to. And, and the point being is that you hire this guy to do this job for you, right? Right, or he's appointed, um, he, right. He, he acts according to your instructions, and if, if, if you're not happy, you fire him, okay? Okay. Um, and similarly, other people, you know, so with the, the agency notion where you hire somebody to be your agent, if you're not happy with them, then, then, uh, then you get rid of them. And, of course, the agent has to act in your interest, and if they don't do that, uh, then they're, they're, they're not doing their job. Now, of course, we all know that there are problems with agency and oh, sure. uh, representation, but by and large, that's the way in which it works. So I began to think, well, is your, is your political representative an agent? And, of course, a political representative, unless you have a tiny constituency with two people in it agreed on everything, right, can't be an agent. Right. I mean, you're typically... He wouldn't even be held accountable. Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's really no no even accountability if you uh, if you, for instance, have a lawyer or a real estate agent or something like that who's supposed to represent you. You can uh, at least, and they do a horrible job. And then you can, you know, bring them up on charges or bring them before one of their boards or something. But that's almost that's nigh impossible with a politician. Oh yeah, no, but if they, but they don't even make a pretense of doing this. For example, yeah. I mean, I often say to people when they, when they come canvassing at my door looking for my vote, I say, look, I tell you what, if you'll sign a contract with me, okay, that this is what you're going to to try and achieve, okay, 
and and you're not going to change your mind on it, then I might consider giving you my support. That's awesome. Don't do that. <laughs> That's okay. really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's never any way they're going to do that. So... Um, and so this notion of representation is very, very strange. Um, it's, it's not that it's, I mean, it's, okay. it's theoretically possible at the limits. So for, let me give you a way in which it might work. Okay. If you had a very small constituency and every, on a particular issue, it might well be that every single person in that constituency thought exactly the same way, including your alleged representative. The chances of that happening are like you know, approaching zero. Okay? And on, on any substantial issue taxation, you know, the state of the roads, water, sewage, or whatever, you're going to get diverse views, which means that your alleged representative has to give expression to the voice of some and not the others. There's no way he can represent everybody. It's just not possible. Okay? And it's not, by the way, when I'm making this point, people say, oh, you're in this very cynical view of politicians. And I, I'm not even making the point that people would do that most politicians are, in fact, dishonest and venal, which they are. Right. I mean, how, how, does, does anyone have some point of view, a position about a, a politician that isn't cynical? I mean, it, it seems to me that they're, they're vilified, uh, you know, in, in pop culture and everywhere that you find. You, you rarely yeah. do you find, um, you know, politicians, and I'm talking about when they're represented on the aggregate, not when you talk about an individual politician, because people can yeah. certainly hold them up as, you know, here's our savior. But in general, politicians are thought of as people that are lying if their lips are moving. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they tend to rank below real estate agents and used car salesmen. Right. <laughs> which is pretty low down on the pecking order. But even, to see, I mean, you do, I mean, my, my point doesn't even rest on that. Even with somebody who is, like, you, you, you're going to get a normal, decent person in, in every walk of life, and so you'll get a few politicians like that. But even with the best will in the world, and even not assuming, not assuming malfeasance on their part, uh, they can't do it. There's just not possible. It's as if somebody were in court, say a lawyer were in court representing the accused, okay, and also doing the prosecution. How, how is that supposed to work? Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. So this is the whole point. And uh, so when you attack the notion of representation, then what, what you do is you're not talking about the efficiency of representation. Right? You're just talking about the impossibility, as a matter of fact. Then it turns out that uh, leaving all of the other problems to one side, all the venality and all the corruption and all of the rest, uh, forgetting that for a moment, your politicians can't, in fact, be your representatives. And if they're not your representatives, then it's not a question, as it were, of you, through your representatives, governing yourself. We're back to the old story of one group of people, a very small group of people, telling another large group of people what to do. <laughs> And that's the basic problem with all all political orders. So we haven't escaped from it. So the, so the, demo, the so-called democratic uh, representational uh, political representation through democracy isn't isn't a solution. It isn't intrinsically any better than tyranny, than democracy, uh, you know, kingship, or any of the other ones that we've had. So when uh, when you explain this to people, and you the, you know they're they're left with their their mouth agape because they haven't heard this too often. <laughs> What 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 is the next thing that they say to you? Um, I mean, are they generally say, "Well, what do we do about it?" Or, or what do they what do they say? No, 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 no. They, they generally don't. They don't fall down in, in you know frothing at the mouth and accepting this. Like they splutter. Yes. They go, but but but. <laughs> okay. They say things like, "But but you if you you know you don't have to you can vote for somebody else." And I go, "Well, <laughs> you know, my point wasn't that it's this. I'm my, sorry, I say to them, my point isn't that it's politician A who is the problem." 
whereas politician B might do a better job. My point is, it's not possible for politician A, B, C or D to do this job. So it's not a question of some one person not having the ability to do it. It's just that it's not possible for anyone to do it. And then it takes so long while to get that particular point through. Yeah, yeah. And then they go, oh, oh, all right. Uh, but and then they say, but you know, and then then, then I tend to, then then the argument goes in all sorts of directions. You know, I tend to tend to get a shotgun reaction. You know, sorry, sort of twelve gauge. So the shot goes in every direction. Generally, I get things like, well, if you if you you know you, if you don't want to, you can go somewhere else. Or oh yeah, and and then we tend to move to the. Um, you tend to move in the direction of whereas the old the old one did things you get in lock, which is that merely by fact by the fact of living in a place, you've given your consent to the you know the, the particular political structure. And I say no, I haven't. <laughs> okay, not unless I've been explicitly asked for it. Here's the argument I use on this one, and which was probably familiar to some of your listeners. I say, look, uh, it is possible in certain things to form a contract through a course of conduct. That is to say, if you go into a restaurant and you order a meal, right? Uh, and when the bill comes, you say, oh, golly, I didn't realize I had to pay for this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nobody's going to give you much, you know, credence on this one, right? Indeed. Uh, unless, you, unless it turns out you've come from another planet and you're really radically unfamiliar with our customs. But in any, in any serious matter, buying a house, buying a car, where there's large amounts of money involved, you know, and, and, and so on, you can't inadvertently or through a course of conduct, you can't buy a car through a course of conduct. You can't buy a house through a course of conduct. There are, if you like, extensive formalities, and you have to be fully aware of what you're doing. You have to be warned about it and the consequences and all, you know, and so on and so forth. Sure. So how come then, in, in something that is so fundamental uh, in regard to your liberties and your freedoms and your ability to do the things that you do, how come that for most of us you can have given your consent, allegedly, to a political order without anybody ever having asked you? Yeah, I, that it's, makes perfectly good sense because I've had that restaurant thing used on me before, and you know it's it it, it can be difficult to uh, to surmount that particular argument. Look, if you're here, you, you know you you have to go by these rules. These are the rules for this particular piece of land, and I can see that uh, you know I I can see what what the you know those people are trying to say with their argument. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't change the fact that their rules stink. Um, you know, this is what my thoughts always been. Yep, absolutely. Um, no, I mean the material. I've used a lot of material. Of course, the the, the classic work, and this is by Spooner, um, Lysander Spooner. You, you know the great. I've uh, heard of him. Century. Yeah, great guy. Uh, so I mean, I, I've shamelessly purloined a lot of his stuff because it's really good. So if any of your listeners there should have, I mean, he's one of the great Americans of all time. Should be read. Okay, and uh, I'm very happy to have come across him. But I mean, this is one of these things. So you you get into all of these arguments, but generally, I found. Um, from my experience here in the universities and going on, on uh, you know, talking to students in campuses, that it, the results has been very gratifying. Now, this is not any testimony to my own personal charm or anything like that. It really has to do with the charm of these ideas, which many people are hearing for the very first time. Right. And the effect is amazing. I'll give you an example. I won't say with uh, I was speaking on an American college campus about three years ago. Um, in, a, in a most unlikely environment, it was a, it was a religiously based uh, campus and, and very conservative, as you might think, and, and huh. uh, so on. And, and, uh, and the, the talk was advertised as something like in defense of anarchy. 
Oh, my. <laughs> so, so I wasn't exactly concealing the purpose of what I was doing. So I was speaking to my host, and he said, well, I said, how many do you think I'll have? And he said, well, you know, they, we've got exams, and we might have 15 or 20. And I said, okay. So we turned up to this big theater, uh, which was the only one that was available. That's why it was a big one. And, and five minutes beforehand, every seat was taken. So it was about 300 people sitting on the seat, and there were people in the aisles. Good heavens. And, and yeah, and I thought, well, nobody knows me. I mean, it's not like, I'm, you know, I'm a household name. And they were turning up. And so on. And I gave the talk for about three quarters of an hour. And then the questions came hot and heavy for another three quarters of an hour. And eventually I kind of, you know, nodded to the chairman and said, could we bring the session to an end? Because some people have to, you know, leave and go to the bathroom or whatever. And, uh, and then people did. And, and, but even then, even after that, you know, 15 or 20 students kind of came and hung around the podium and asked for further questions. I went on for another half an hour. Afterwards. And even after that, I got emails asking, you know, for a copy of the paper and so on and so forth. So the ideas, when presented in the right way, as, as many people are capable of doing, are electric. I think I think you're absolutely right, um, and I I think the name of your uh, your talk kind of caught their interest. It's kind of like in defense of cannibalism, you know. So, they, <laughs> so they, why, why we should eat people, <laughs> right? So I mean, you're, yeah. we're told all our lives that uh, this idea of anarchy is a terrible thing, and. You know, I, I I personally don't use a, a term like that to describe myself. What I, in fact, uh, you know, I, I I call myself a libertarian or or something like that. But I can, you know, I, some of my best friends are anarchists, and so it, it doesn't frighten me or stick me to the ceiling when I hear it. No, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I do it deliberately for a sort of shock value um, because people expect you to come out with a sort of bomb with a you know fuse on it like Sure. <laughs> does it. But it, it is a they expect fun. you to be completely and, crazy is what they expect. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I begin by saying, uh, when I'm teaching the courses I do now in, in University College Dublin, I begin by saying, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to, this is, this is what I stand for. You know, you don't have to second guess me, figure out what my opinions are. I'll tell you. Okay. Here they are. And I believe they're the truth. That's another shocking notion, by the way, in the university. And I'm prepared to defend them. And uh, one of my key points is that the government is a criminal organization. <laughs> you can see the faces. How, how is it that uh, you managed to get a job as a uh, professor at a, at a university? I mean, it, it seems like that you would have a very difficult time uh, holding that position. Well, I, I had a job first. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just, so I, but it wasn't, it wasn't that I, I was pretending to be something I wasn't. I came to this position rather late in my life and late in my uh, academic career. I'm um, kind of a sort of a late convert. Just, it's going to show if you like there's hope for everybody out there. It's never too late, actually, to, to change your mind. I, I came across, I became um, a libertarian, effectively, about eight years ago in the most peculiar way by having somebody, a, friend, a colleague of mine who went to visit Germany, and he brought me back. He knew I was interested in economics. And he brought me back a copy of Ludwig von Mises' book, uh, Theory of Money and Credit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's read that book except me. Well, but, I, I, uh, my audience is probably the best audience to have asked that question to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful book. And it, you know, it, does, it, like, it, it, it was like shining a, a really, really bright light on the phenomenon of the money, something I was always interested in. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, oh, this is really interesting stuff. So then I, I read Human Action. And then, needless to say, I discovered the Mises Institute. And I started reading Rothbard. And I mean, oh, well, I mean, there's no stopping me from then. In fact, I've just published a book on Rothbard. Uh, and so on. So um, it's been great. It's been like a roller coaster ride. And I've been visiting the Mises Institute, the, the Austrian Scholars Conference, practically every year. 
so I get on a kind of one of these days I'm going to be stopped by security on the way back because I'm on a sort of natural high <laughs> after, after three or four days in the company of all my fellow libertarians. Uh, it's wonderful. It's you know it's it's it's, it's wonderful. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm I, I think that's great. <laughs> you know, we uh, we have a couple of uh, events that I feel the same way when I go to here in New Hampshire. One's called uh, Pork Fest and it's a camping event out in uh, yeah. rural New Hampshire, and the other one's called Liberty Forum, where it's uh, you know probably several hundred people in a sort of convention style thing and uh, I feel the same way when I walk away from those oh yeah well we've tried to start something here now in a small way we're having our first meeting actually in about a week's time called the Irish Liberty Forum curiously enough oh fun and we'll be meeting so we'll probably have a group of about 30 people but let's put it that way that's that's 29 more than we had about two years ago so in terms of our proportional expansion it's been significant but uh, yeah it it, it is interesting and it is uh, it's curious, curiously enough, I mean, I've, I've never felt younger than I have since I've discovered this. It's like going back to my youth again. Uh, I've suddenly become radical. <laughs> Anarchy, a cure for old age. It'll grow old hair age. on yeah, a bald yeah, head. Libertarian, overcome arthritis. But what you know, <laughs> was really interesting, I mean, and this again is not a plug for me. I'm sure other people have this, had the same experience. But what really testified to this was a letter I got from a student. I just finished teaching a course on this back in May. And uh, about six weeks later, I got a letter from a student who'd gone off to London to do some further study, and, he, and it was a handwritten letter for about five pages, which is uh, you know remarkable. And he said, "I just want to thank you," he said for the course. He said it was. Uh, he said the material was intrinsically interesting anyway, but what I really liked was the way in which you carried out the course through questioning and discussion, which I did. And he said, "I looked forward to it. It was the most exciting course I've taken in my time uh, in University College Dublin." Now, wow. I'd like to say I get dozens of these letters. <laughs> okay, I don't. Okay, uh, but you get dozens of people that get a letter like that. Dozens of people feel that same way. They just don't write the letter. <laughs> oh yeah, well I hope so. But I mean, again, it's again, the point is not me, right? It's, and it, because just as I found these ideas interesting and attractive and exciting, and my experience has been that when they're presented to the students, and when they have a chance to think about it, and when you can, when you can, you have to deal with the buts. Oh, sure. Words, there's the but, 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 which are the objections? So Roderick Long has an article, I think, 10 common objections to anarchism or whatever. It's very good. It's again on the Mises side. And I've written um, an article called Meddling in Other Men's Affairs, which is available on, on Economic Affairs, the English magazine, um, which deals with all of these buts and tries to, if you like, counter the, the obvious objections that people have, which prevent them from really considering it. When you get past that initial level of rejection and people have a chance to consider what it is that you're talking about, then it's almost impossible to resist. The ideas are infectious. The ideas are are definitely infectious. (laughs) So, uh, Gerard Casey, I have to run, uh, but uh, if people want to keep an eye on you and follow what you're doing, what's the best way to, to watch you? Probably uh, just go on. Uh, well, I've got a web page on my university website, so just go to www.ucd.ie and then just track me from there. Just go to School of what is it? The School of um, Human Sciences. Sorry, the, the, uh, sorry, the what the hell is it? College of Human Sciences, and then go to School of Philosophy, and then you can find my personal website, or just 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 Google it. Jared Casey at UCD, and it should turn up the page. Okay. And, and uh, this, this is recorded so people can go back and listen to what you've just said, so you don't need to yeah. repeat and it all. I'm very, I'm very happy. If anybody wants to get in touch with me by email, right, it's sure. firstname.lastname, G-E-R-A-R-D dot C-A-S-E-Y at U-C-D dot I-E. Very good. I'm very happy to get emails. Always respond to them.
Thank you. Thank you very much, Gerard. Thank you very much, Mark. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye now. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb has given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of El Neil Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK.